What is wrong with the BBC that they can't vet some guy like this? Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Thursday, May 10th, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 407. This is No Agenda. Nurturing my pyroresis here at Camp Mofo in the capital of the drone star state, Austin Tejas. In the morning, everybody, I am Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where, where I'm filling in for Joe Biden, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crack Bot and Buzzkill in the morning. That would be Crack Skull and uh, Buzzkill <laughs> if you were really filling in for him. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, um... Hey, man, let me tell so you something. new. Nah, there's nothing new. <laughs> nothing going on. I, uh, I have to tell you, uh, this White House administration is not in control of the media messaging. This was a great week for media assassins. We had a number of initiatives taking place. And what I recognize right off the bat, my friend, is that uh, the uh, military-industrial complex... Uh, screwed up the entire Obama plan. And I'll tell you why. Okay, I'm listening to that. I mean, I, all I know, I'm noticing more and more is it looks as if this Obama administration was taken over by the old Hillary Clinton campaign people. <laughs> I mean, it's just one botch after another. The whole, everything is just going every which way. It's weird. So in, fact, I have, in fact, if you want to, if you want to take a quick... Uh, just a little intro into what you might be going into. I have a clip from a from an Obama speech that's about a minute or so. Yeah, sure. Where, where he says absolutely nothing. It's and or you tell me if he says anything. Virginia, that's the spirit we need again. Hey now, if people ask you, what's this campaign about? You tell them it's still about hope. Oh no. You tell them it's still about change. Really? <laughs> you tell them it's still about ordinary people who believe in the face of great odds that we can make a difference in the life of this country. You tell them... Oh, I don't have to listen to the rest. You're right. Does he have... Is he running on... <laughs> he's running... Like, wait a minute. He's running on empty. So, is, he's so, running on empty. So here's the plan. Here's the plan. The military-industrial complex had it all queued up, and, and we'll get into this in depth, uh, because the Associated Press has now uh, admitted that they knew about the foiled underwear, expanded, enhanced, upgrade, uh, booby bomb, uh, double agent plot a week ago. They've admitted they knew about it a week ago, and they were told to shut up about it until, of course, it was time for them to talk. And we had uh, Mueller uh, with a scheduled uh, Senate hearing. And, of course, the whole plan was to bring in, to do two things, really. One, to bring in the new upgraded X-ray body scanners, the secret new things we haven't heard about that are so awesome. And the other one was to uh, obfuscate the fact that the TSA is just a big, wasteful bunch of boneheads. So that was all scheduled. But they didn't communicate with the administration because this whole gay thing. Did you know that Joe Biden, who started it all off, and, and he started this off on uh, Meet the Press on Sunday. It was a pre-taped interview taped on Friday. So this was all planned, except the two crossed each other. And at the same time, 
it covered up a whole bunch of don't look over here things, which uh, I've been taking a look at, of course. So it, people, heads will have to roll on this because it, it, they just botched everything. Well, heads won't roll, of course. No, well, pff, duh. <laughs> hey, in the morning to you, Johnny boy. In the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all ships at sea, boots on the ground, subs in the water, and feet in the air. That's right. And all of our uh, producers who are uh, human resources, actually, I should say, who are all lined up in the chat room, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net, keeping them honest uh, during the show. And a big shout-out and a lot of karma to all of our female listeners and producers who are suffering from supermoon syndrome. I know you're out there. I feel for you. <clears throat> so, uh, wow, this was, this was so great. This was, so, I mean, I just had so much fun with everything that was going on. What do you want to start with first, Gay Gate or, uh, or, or uh, Boob Bomber Gate? Which one? Because well, I, well, I, I got it all. <laughs> well, I got a couple, I got clips for both. Yeah. Uh, I well, do have a, if, just a summary clip. I do have the, which brings up questions. The reason I uh, uh, even wanted to talk about the, the tit thing or the, the crotch thing is, um, well, here, read the, play the BBC report on Double Agent. All right, Double Agent. The would-be bomber in this case, uh, according to reports in U.S. media citing American officials, uh, the would-be bomber was a double agent. Uh, and the way this is described is that the Saudi intelligence agency recruited this man, sent him to Yemen with the task of, of convincing al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula that he was prepared to blow up himself and a US-bound aircraft. This he apparently did uh, to the extent where he won the terror cells trust and they gave him this device to take with him to, to blow up a plane, uh, but instead he took the, the underwear bomb, which is what the officials here say that it was, <laughs> um, to a third country where he passed it immediately into the hands of the CIA. <laughs> now, right. uh, the question that immediately comes to mind is there's a, there's a couple things going on here, and I, I believe the meme double agent... Yeah, this is, is it's, incor it's incorrect. It's, he's it's not totally a, incorrect, yeah. but it's being played so much. I mean, he's the only possibility of him being a double agent is that he works for both the Saudis and the CIA. Right. But that's not what a double agent technically is. A double agent is a guy who works for both sides of a, of a, of a dispute. Yeah, he works, on, he works for like the Russians and the Americans, right. and he claims to be a spy for the Russians to the Russians, and he claims to be a spy for the Americans right. to the Americans, and he's playing both sides of the fence. That's a double agent. He's a single so agent. I think they're trying to redefine double agent in the oh. minds of the public. Um, it, and I'm not quite sure who started. I mean, I'm sure it all came from Associated Press. As I said, they knew about this for a week. That's a fine news organization. <laughs> uh, who doesn't report on news. Interesting you have a BBC clip, because I have a BBC clip, short one from BBC World. Uh, They're speaking with a uh, consultant, of course, a, uh, a Homeland Security uh, consultant who sells stuff, and uh, he lays it right out. One of the things that, that stood out for me from what the uh, Department of Homeland Security and the FBI was saying is that it seems to have no metal in it, and that, that means, I guess, it can get through normal security. Right, and that's obviously one of the big... Uh, hurdles with airport security is just being able to pass through the, the screening device and taking metal out of the equation, then you are going to rely on a screening device that is a bit more sophisticated, like an x-ray type of a thing, a full body scan that could really um, penetrate the normal uh, <laughs> places that somebody might try to secrete one of these bombs. We're going to penetrate you with x-rays, bitches. That's what's coming down. 
So, hey, bring back the puffer. It, yeah, that was such a success. So, of course, the best news and all of this, the gay gate, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the boob bomber, it all comes from ABC News. We know that they're fully compromised. Uh, I can't say it enough that the, uh, the president of ABC News, his sister, is special advisor to President Obama. That's why they've got the inside track. So, um, of course, Diane Sawyer. Such a lovely lush that she is. And she's actually stumbling over her words now in the broadcast. It's like, that's new. (laughs) It's becoming obvious. So she, I mean, the up, I mean, I just have to play the report. We'll stop it a couple times because it's just, and I even cut out three minutes of this and it's still two and a half. It's just beautiful the way they, they lay it all on the line because this is all about, they're going to connect the two. The, this double agent, bomber, and new scanners. Bomb is being described today by U.S. officials as an upgrade to the underwear bomb. It's an upgrade. Used three years ago in a failed attempt. To it's now a quad core. Bring down a Detroit-bound jetliner. Now being studied by the FBI, this new design is described as being made with a different chemical formula with dual detonation system. Oh, dual detonation <laughs> system. It's alliteration right there, everybody. Good morning to you. To make it easier to set off. By having the bomb in its original state before it goes off. Uh, this, of course, is Richard Clark, the guy who's selling the, uh, you know, selling stuff. Uh, U.S. experts now are able to figure out how the bomb works, how it must be detected. <laughs> That's a heck of a lot easier when the bomb is still intact. Still, there is great concern that the bomb maker, 30-year-old Ibrahim al-Asiri, is working on other bomb designs, including bombs surgically implanted in terrorists, Woo-hoo! even in picture frames and radios, yeah. as shown in this Al-Qaeda video. <laughs> Picture frames yeah, and radios. Hey, hey, when's the last time you took a transistor radio on the plane with you? <laughs> Your radio. Yeah. They keep trying to devise more and more perverse and terrible ways to kill innocent people. That's beautiful how they put that Hillary quote in there. I mean, the whole oh, thing is, dropped it right is in so there. stunning. It's a yeah. beautiful package. Oh, it's, oh, the package is awesome. In this case, the bomber was actually the source, working for the U.S. and others. And there was and others. There was no real threat. But American authorities... Did you, just, did you just say there was no real threat? For days, it's like, oh, it was intended for a plane to crash, to bomb, and burr, uh, anniversary of bin Laden's death, uh, no real threat. Today, as long as al-Asiri is alive, making other bombs for real terrorists, there remains a grave threat to the U.S., Diane. And as you reported, uh, Brian, uh, thank you. Uh, even though the- thank you, as you reported. So, uh, before we get to the second part of the ABC report, uh, let's listen to uh, FBI Director Mueller who says something very interesting in his testimony about this uh, pair of uh, underwear with dual detonation that they have captured. Uh, and I, I was just amazed by the word. This is a written statement. He's reading from paper. So the, no mistake in the word. This is written down. Meanwhile, al-Qaeda affiliates, especially al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, represent the top counterterrorism threat to the nation. AQAP has attempted several attacks on the United States, including... Hold on, hold the, on. wait, 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 wait. He, he said it's the... It's the top threat. No, he says it's the top counterterrorism threat. Oh, I mean, what he, the hell is that supposed to mean? Yeah, that was in, I didn't even catch that one. Let's listen to that again. Huh. Meanwhile, al-Qaeda affiliates, especially al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, represent the top counterterrorism threat to the nation. Huh. Good catch. Catch of the day. If he's reading it, what does he mean? Gets better. 
Yep. AQAP has attempted several attacks on the United States, including the failed Christmas Day airline bombing in 2009 and the attempted bombing of U.S.-bound cargo planes in 2010. And, of course, we are currently, we in the Bureau are currently exploiting an IED, uh, improvised explosive device, seized overseas, which is similar to the devices used by AQAP. Did you catch it? We're exporting. No, he said exploiting. Oh, I thought he said exporting. Exploiting. Well, no kidding. You're exploiting it. You're exploiting it to scare everybody. He says exploiting. An IED. Sorry, I roll back a little bit further. Here we go. U.S. bound cargo planes in 2010. And of course, we are currently, we in the Bureau are currently exploiting (laughs) an IED. Uh, improvised explosive device. Now, what is that? Now, the, the, the definition of exploiting. Yeah, it means using. Yeah, using it to uh, to scare people. So he's got, like, the counterterrorism thing going on. This guy's a threat because he's not part of the plot. <laughs> he's not part, he's not part of the program. And now we're exploiting IEDs. What is he saying? He's, he's telling the truth. Yeah, apparently he doesn't like to lie. Let's get back to Diane but Sawyer. nobody pays any attention to any of it, right? No, of course not. Now, I heard that. My, I'm like, what did he just say? He said, we're exploiting it. Yeah, no kidding, you're exploiting it. So let's go back to Diane Sawyer, who takes us from the uh, surgically implanted, implanted bombs from master bomb maker, whatever his name is. Al-Siri. Al-Siri. Uh, to the new scanners. And as you reported, Brian, uh, thank you. Even though this yeah, plot was foiled, airport security yeah, is still on alert. And yet, ABC yeah. News has learned that millions of dollars of high-tech security equipment is gathering dust at a government warehouse. Oh. Equipment <laughs> airports say they need. ABC senior national correspondent Jim Avila has the exclusive details on that. Exclusive. A nondescript TSA warehouse in Dallas. Inside, ABC News has learned America's best weapons against Al-Qaeda's bomb of choice. (laughs) Hundreds of baggage scanners, explosive detection systems, and in this wooden crate, the latest bomb-detecting scanners. Sitting idle, never used, all in storage for more than nine months. So that, to me, says right there that they've got the latest technology ready to roll out, and we needed to exploit the underwear bomber. To roll out the new technology, or am I hearing this incorrectly? Yeah, no, you're hearing it. I mean, that's what they said. I yeah. mean, all you're hearing is what they said. So, uh, look, a couple more seconds of this particular report. Some more than a year. Well, nearly 300 airports across the country go unprotected by the newest Ooh. and best bomb scanning technology. Newest and there best. Are airports around America that really don't realize that in Dallas, Texas, there are huge amounts of this equipment sitting in excess. A congressional investigation to be released tomorrow, but obtained exclusively by ABC News tonight, concludes that the TSA is not only wasting $184 million by not deploying security equipment, it is warehousing the one device the that one. can actually detect a non-metallic <laughs> plastic explosive. It's the one, John. I can't believe it. This is an outrage. And now the terror threat. Oh. This is an the outrage. One device. The one device that can save us from the horrible exploding underwear is in a warehouse. Bring it out. Turn up their x-ray radiation. When Congress asked why, the report says the TSA told them they ordered extras to get a discount. and had no specific plan to deploy. Obviously, the point of having uh, advanced screening technology is to get it out to the field. It's not... That's that a-hole. What's his name? Chertoff. It's not a museum relic. It sounds like an old woman. 
He looks like one. The first replica of was an old lady that was a congresswoman. He looks like an old lady. Well, he sounds like one. He must have had a vasectomy. Plan to deploy. Obviously, the point of having advanced screening technology is to get it out to the field. It's not It's not a museum relic. Yeah, it is, dude, because it doesn't work. ABC News has learned FBI agents plan to make a replica of the newly recovered oh, underwear bomb and send it through airport security. Testing uh. Homeland Security Secretary Janet Napolitano's statement today. All things considered, um, yes, in a high likelihood it would have been detected. Oh, wait a minute. Do we need the new scanners or not, all things considered? Come on, <laughs> Lucy. There? Somebody lost the message. Yeah, the package she fell apart get there. The memo. No. So anyway, so I, I was ready to, to close it out. And then last night, we get yet another news break, another flash from Diane Sawyer. She's just slammed back another Johnny Walker. And here it comes. You will not believe your ears. And now the terror threat revealed this week. Tonight, the FBI studying that new kind of bomb from Al-Qaeda. The plot foiled by the double agent. But the man behind it, the master bomb maker, is Astronaut. still in hiding, still at work. Reportedly hoping to surgically implant explosives in people and even pets. In pets! <laughs> Come here, Fido. Come here. <laughs> How many Arabs do we see on these planes carrying dogs and cats? No, uh, you got to listen to this. This is a short report. ABC's chief investigative correspondent Brian Ross has the latest. Hey, Brian Ross, she should be shot. Stop with it. And by the way, it's all. Yeah, you know, they still they have the stupid Al Qaeda training videos where you see like dudes with with. Uh, I'm bat- surprised they still don't have that old shot with Bin Laden shooting the that- AK-47 and getting knocked on his ass. It's from the same reel, and, and then the, and Brian is doing his report from the airport, so you just so you feel extra so scared. So you know that yeah, he's extra on top scared. Of yeah. Tonight. At the age of only 30, Ibrahim al-Asiri has now emerged as the most feared face of terror for American authorities. The most feared face of terror. Feared face of terror. Double detonations. The master bomb maker. Master bomb maker. <laughs> I'm a masturbator. He's a master bomb maker. Behind the efforts of al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula to blow up a U.S. passenger jet. We got to drone this guy. I think more drones oh, in no, Yemen. This is a setup for killing Of course, of course. I, I'm not sure if he's like a... a we need a new a, bin Laden. A, I think he's an operative and he has to be ex, ex, uh, pulled. Yeah. Al-Qaeda affiliates in the Arabian Peninsula represent the top counterterrorism threat to the nation. U.S. authorities tell ABC News that Allo-Series' latest designs involve bombs surgically implanted in terrorists, as well as bombs hidden in pets to be carried on aircraft, <laughs> in cameras, and in external hard drives oh, that no! would explode when ex- plugged into a laptop computer. Forget traveling. It is over. <laughs> no external hard drives, no picture frames, Fido, you know, they're going to stick their finger in Fido's butt. Let me see if he's concealing an explosive weapon. you got to put your dog through the body scanner, man. (laughs) This is great. He's got an operational savvy to him. This, by the way, what? this, by the way, who is this guy? Now yeah. he has operational. Yeah. Sa- I'm telling you, this is a no. setup for an extension. Yeah, it is. Now this he is going to be droned within the next 60 days. This is the uh, put it in the red book. This is the guy from the Rand Corporation, and he's the spokeshole for Rand Corporation. Rand Corporation. Uh, I mean, these are uh, this is the biggest black box 
It's a nonprofit, actually, the Rand Corporation, but it's the biggest black box when it comes to the military industrial complex. And this guy is just just reading the script, but doing it so interestingly. Operational savvy to him. Operational savvy. That is uh, is useful. That's the the Uh, meme. Operational savvy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's useful. Listen. Useful uh, for an Al-Qaeda operative. (laughs) He has the operational savvy that is useful for an Al-Qaeda operative. You just said nothing. A Saudi citizen who studied chemistry in college. Oh, chemistry. His parents say he became radicalized after the death of a brother. He hates American ideology. He hates Western values. Because of the threat of al-Asiri and his al-Qaeda group, the U.S. has vastly expanded its drone operations inside Yemen. Al-Asiri has survived at least one U.S. drone strike Ah. in the last year. Aha, there you go. There's the setup. He survived one. We're, yep. we're, we're 0 for we 1. Miss twice. 0 for 1. We want to make sure that he doesn't have the opportunity, to, A, to continue to do, to, to build uh, any device whatsoever or impart his knowledge uh. to anyone else. Oh, we got to kill him quick. He can't impart his knowledge because it's so complicated to build a well, bomb. Well, here's what he, my scenario. Mm-hmm. We don't kill him quick. We give it about 60 days because mm-hmm. we want to get it closer to the election. Yeah. Because this is just another feather in Obama's cap that mm-hmm. he can use when he gives his speeches. And when we he dro- says, and we I got... Uh, Osama bin Laden. But what did you do for us lately? I got the oh, master I got bomb. Maker. Yeah, got the master and so bomb. This maker. is a, this whole thing is an outrageous scam. While well, Al-Asiri and Al-Qaeda's latest plot was foil, authorities tell ABC News foil. there are several other plots aimed at U.S. airlines oh. that are at the very least in the planning stages, <laughs> if not further along. <laughs> Be very afraid. The, the planning, planning stages. stages. What are these people making this up as they go along? They know nothing of any of this. Daryl Issa is on board with the program, by the way. This obviously comes right on the heels of the, the discovery of a terrorist plot to blow up an airplane. Should Americans have faith that the TSA is capable of doing what's necessary to keep them safe? Well, Anderson, I think in the case of that uh, failed bombing attempt, we should be proud that the... It wasn't a bombing attempt. Restructured CIA that has been rebuilt in the last decade. Uh, in fact, proactively had agent involved found this and uncovered it before we ever had to ask the question of would TSA have found it with their equipment that you may or may not have gone through. So I'm happy to say CIA did their job. My job is to make sure that the men and women of TSA have the tools and the training they need Mm -hmm. so that we can be more confident that uh, our flyers are safe. And by the way, we'd like to get them through the lines a lot faster, too. With the new upgraded equipment, which you'll be rolling out, no doubt. Total... Set up for, and this is exactly, I mean, for another big expense. And it's a rerun of the first script for the body scanner. It's time, you know, it's time for another sale. It's been, what is it, three years? That's the sales cycle. Chertoff is like, hey, man, you know, we got to sell the new machines. I'm starving to death. Yeah, really. Look at my face. It's like I got nothing going on. I can't eat. I'm not eating. I'm I'm not, I got a vasectomy. I'm not eating. There was one, I don't know if you saw the Robert Mueller uh, hearing, there was one nice little. Thank goodness, um, good lot, which you spell good latte, which is kind of funny. Uh, I don't know where he's from. He's a senator. He asked a question about the NDAA and about one section in particular. And you know they're talking about the National Defense Authorization Act, which, of course, this guy needs to know inside and out. He's from Virginia. Okay. He's a house rep. So, it's a, so would you say that the director of the FBI should know all about the National Defense Authorization Act? I mean, it's in his backyard, right? I would hope. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Director Mueller, welcome. 
Director, do you agree that no United States citizen arrested in the United States should be indefinitely detained without all the rights of due process? What's your interpretation of Section 1021 of the National Defense Authorization Act? Uh, yeah. Can you repeat the question again? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, a spelling bee? He give me. Uh, what? Can you use it in a sentence? He's like, whoa, whoa, what is the guy asking me? This is a trick question, which it is. Of course. It's a trick question. But he actually helped him by giving him the clue as to what this was going to be about. And Mueller doesn't even know yet. Wouldn't mind. Uh, the question is whether, you, whether or not you agree that no United States citizen apprehended, seized, captured, arrested in the United States should be indefinitely detained without all the rights of due process provided by our Constitution. I believe that should be the case. Oh, ooh, ooh, we're so sorry. That is not a correct answer. So uh, do you have concern over the language that is in the National Defense Authorization Act called Section 1021, which does not clarify the status of U.S. citizens in that regard? I, I haven't focused on that aspect of the act as much as I focused on the other aspects of the act. But I do believe it gives, uh, affirms the president's authority to uh, make what decisions uh, uh, the president believes are uh, necessary in uh, to a terrorist attack. But that might include... Uh, seizing a U.S. citizen in their home in Chicago, Illinois, and then detaining them uh, indefinitely without charges. I, I, I have not, I, I'm not certain that's the case, but I have not read the OLC opinions, and I have not followed the debate sure. on it. Well, we would look forward to the opportunity to work with you to make sure that it's clear that U.S. citizens have that. Now, that's where you blew it. That's where you're supposed to say, are you out of your mind? Are you high, Mueller? Are you high? You just answered the question, but you don't know that this is in the legislation. It was top of the news. You know nothing? Uh, we, look, we look forward to the opportunity to work with you on that. <laughs> Idiot. So uh, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is to be very afraid. Uh, don't travel with pets because you get your. How do you get the pet to stand still in the body scanner? And, and does he have to stand on his hind legs? And he has to hold them. And spread his paws? And if they say, we've got something here, then you pull the plug on the, the he's got a little uh, string in, in, uh, hanging out of his butt. You pull it, and you blow up yourself and the body scanner and the dog. I just want to remind you that this is, the plan all along has been to bring in new machines or... As to this current threat, U.S. authorities say they have made adjustments in security screening to make it easier to spot the body bombs. Body but how bomb. can they do it? You said there's no metal involved. No metal, but they've turned up some of the uh, radiation that goes into the body, as well as looking for people who might have had recent operations, might be walking funny. <laughs> <laughs> Kills me every time. Yeah, walking funny. It kills me every time. <laughs> he might be walking funny. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> hey, people, there's yeah, that's, nothing. That's a clip. That clip, we have to yeah. be really No, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. It's a great it. clip. So, uh, so there's nothing to be afraid of. However, unfortunately, you do need to be afraid when you travel. I got some travel coming up in the next couple of months, and I'm not looking forward to it. I had, I had a nightmare last night. I seriously had a nightmare that the, I had an anal probe. Because they didn't believe me. And I was like, look, man, I'll skip the anal probe. Can I just go home? But they wouldn't let me. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is very revealing. 
Well, that's our next topic. But first, let's thank our producers for today's program. Okay, we have a few of them here. Let me uh, quickly get... Uh, uh, do, now, we need to uh, discuss the, 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 uh, the Okay, we the sent out a mailing, and we have an issue. We might as well discuss it now, uh, briefly, which is about then, the briefly, slide whistle. Briefly, briefly. We'll get to the results later. It's called the tease. And um, we have some problems. For example, uh, we have uh, one, two, three executive producers and one, two, three, four associates today in the first and let me just thank a few of these people off the top and then I, I'll get into the discussion the, if anyone got their mail they should have we were going to take a vote on the slide whistle whether I should be playing it more or less or Adam should be playing it at all uh, and well although that wasn't really the question and we're going to use numbers codes like seven for example uh, we have uh, three uh, don't don't don't, 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 don't get one of them's got a five oh nine you think maybe he's voting nine means no and Seven means yes. Anyway, let's just thank these guys first, and then we'll go on to this discussion. Howard, uh, gut next. I would in, say, I would say, Gutnecht. Gutknecht. Could be Gutknecht. Gutknecht. Gut. Yeah, well, he's Gut- in Seattle. I don't think he pronounced it. Gutnick. Maybe he just says Gutnecht. Hey, Gutnick. Hey, Gutnick. Uh, four five oh nine. John Adams just had a very good month. Decided to ask for some special karma for a client. LeonardMoan.com, L-E-O-N-A-R-D-M-O-E-N, a personal injury law firm in Seattle for their website migration. I'm going to donate the date in hopes of inspiring some other folks who have been dawdling toward their knighthood, $509, as a matter of fact. Maybe we can get a donate the date thing going. Oh, that's so not a give, bad idea, actually. First, let me get karma for a LeonardMoan.com. You've got karma. And Howard will become a knight today. Yes. He shall be knighted. And then uh, Mark, uh, Sir Mark Dytham, our friend in Tokyo, the great architect, um, gave us $400. And he, had, he went back and forth with some notes, but he finally came up with the PayPal donation is, is to no agenda for every kind of people. Yeah, that's of- the song that I played on. The, he had a beautiful uh, email about how he was listening to the Daily Source Code doing oh, his right, morning okay. jog in, uh, in Tokyo. Yeah, he even sent a I- picture. A beautiful picture. picture. I didn't get a picture. Oh no, the picture. Oh no, you. I responded to the thread, and then yeah, you drop. He's like, screw that Dvorak. He's not talking. Yeah. He, they cut me out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's, so because it's you and your buddies, you know, because I played uh, Robert Palmer, every kind of people. Oh, on the show, Robert, Palmer. and he loved it so much. All I remember is the girls with the red lips. Uh, Adam Colby, Sir Adam Colby in Menasha, Wisconsin, three hundred dollars and seven cents, and the seven cents means he is voting yes on the. Slide whistle. On more slide you, whistle. For the slide whistle. Thank you for putting on the show. I want the producer credit to go to my wife, Marion. You have to make a note there. Since it's her birthday on Saturday, if you can do a happy birthday with a combined slide whistle, it would be fantastic. Keep up the good work. Okay. Uh, Sander Hawks. Well, uh, ha- happy birthday combined slide whistle. I don't understand. Well, we he apparently wants. He, he, In the birthday shout out? I guess. Okay. Well, we can just do it while you're playing it. <laughs> so everybody will get one then. San, uh, Sir Sander Hoxbergen. Hoxbergen. Hoxbergen in Zandam. Zandam. Zandam, which is a, uh, a sand, it was in Dutch for sand dam. Right? Correct. correct. You are correct. They have a sand, and it's probably so, it used to be a sand dam right at that spot, wherever the town I is. I think there still is. Hmm. $205. The best podcast. In the universe. Greatly appreciate your work effort. Show 404 rocked. Mm. Okay. 
take your word for it. Borislav Marinoff, Sir Marinoff, to you in Eliso Viejo, California, 201.27, and the seven means that he is voting yes on the slide whistle. Happy birthday to my wife. We got that down on our list. We got on the list. I sent some karma to her, my twin boys, and my future son coming soon in July, and finally to me. I don't know whether this is allowed, but if there's any karma left, send it to the great team of the No Agenda Show, the best podcast in the universe. For your information, the first four digits of my donation amount represent this year. 207 is voting yes for the whistle. Please attribute this donation toward my kids' knighthood. Oh, we're going to have little baby knights. Nice. You've got karma. They'll have to share the ring. And then Hyperware Technologies, Los Gatos, California, $200.07, which means yes on the slide whistle. <laughs> I'm offering a special offer to double people's donations to No Agenda. Please look at hyperware.com slash no agenda. That's H-Y-P-E-R-W-A-R-E dot com slash no agenda. If you're okay with this concept, please promote it in the producer credits. If not, then just mention that Adam's Big App Show is available now on the Roku. Is that right? Yes, it is. Huh. Yeah. You should have three options, 09 for the slide whistle, 08 for just the right amount of slide whistle, and 09 for more slide whistle. No, no, 09 means, 07 is what he meant on this message. Double your donation, value for value. Here's the offer for every donation to my son's fundraiser. I'll make a double donation to the No Agenda show up to the goal of $2,000. If you donate a dollar to my son's walkathon, I'll donate $2 to No Agenda. Cool. Nice promise. Yeah, I'll put that in the show notes. That's uh, that's a good one. Yeah, it is a good one. David Souter, Lone Tree, Colorado, two hundred dollars now up to five hundred on his knighthood. Keep up the good work. Now he's working again. He needs some karma. Okay. You've got karma. So those are our executive and associate executive producers for show four hundred seven. I want to thank them and everyone else, of course, who donated to help us out and help us continue doing the show. Go to dvorak.org slash na. ChannelDevorak.com slash NA, NoAgendaShow.com or NoAgendaNation.com and click on the donate button. We'd seriously appreciate it. And now we have to discuss, I think, the Wait, kind of... Not yet, not yet. First, I have a quick PR mention. Uh, as okay. a part of the email, you sent out your famous four-bean chili recipe. A classic. A classic. Now, after each time you do this, after you send out the recipe, because we want the, uh, the people who subscribe to the mailing list to get it first... Excuse me. You okay? Yeah. Get a cough button. You can, please. You can go to recipes.nashownotes.com. And so we have two recipes now. Recipes.nashownotes.com. And we have uh, your chicken uh, and now your chili recipe there. So it's, a, it's handy. You're in the kitchen. You're like, what am I going to make? I know what I'm going to make. And you go to recipes.nashownotes.com. Perfect. Okay. And I'm going to try that uh, this weekend. The, the chili? Yeah, of course. Are you kidding? I've already done the chicken. It's it's approved. It's awesome. Well, the chili is actually quite good. Well, it's an award-winning chili, eh? Yeah, yeah. I know. It's won a couple of times. But it's not real chili. You know, if you technically, if you go into chili competitions nowadays, they refuse to accept any chilies that have beans. Oh. Because chili is supposed to be just meat. Oh. And so it's a, it's an un I mean it won competitions because that rule wasn't in play. Oh. But now, generally speaking, I can't enter it in anything so because no one would accept it. It's the four bean bogative chili. <laughs> four bean mock chili. <laughs> mock chili. All right, I got to add that to the list there. Make sure we know no, that it's bogative. All right. So quickly, run us through this idea 
uh, and what, right, uh, what so is I good about it. I sent out a mailing, and I, I sent out a mailing said we can vote for the slide whistle. We got some votes. I mean, I, I don't want this. Not this didn't end it. Oh really? So we, oh no, this is going to go on for a month. Are you kidding me? Oh. No. All right. Well, get into it because I got lots of other important stuff to do. So seven is voting uh, yes on the slide whistle. Nine, which means the last digit, like if you do- donate fifty dollars, you make it fifty dollars and seven cents, and it becomes yes for the slide whistle. Fifty dollars and nine cents is no for the slide whistle. The problem was somebody pointed out. Somebody half a dozen people pointed out that the sixty nine sixty nine donation now becomes an anti slide whistle donation. Oh. So here's the here's the solution. Anybody who donates sixty nine sixty nine does not get counted one way or the other. Oh, oh okay. It does not count as a, as a slide anti slide whistle vote, right? Because we want to keep this this streak alive. We almost lost it a couple of weeks ago, and only one person came in, and now we you know we don't want to blow it completely. But essentially, you you effed up is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just want to make sure we got that. Well, as we thought about it, you know, well, what kind of numbers? And I said, oh, that, I can't use three because there's three, 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 and can't use one because there's 11, 11. Right. And we goes all these meme numbers. I said, what are the two that we haven't used? I think we've used eight, lucky number eight. So I said, ah, seven. We haven't used seven. Ah, and yes, then, perfect. And then for some stupid reason, <laughs> I thought we hadn't used nine. And I was wrong. I forgot about 6969. All right. So you can, uh, we'll give you the, uh, the interim tally of the vote in our donation segment later on. Thank you so much to our uh, executive producers. Uh, looks like uh, all sirs, all knights who came in, our associate executive producers working on their way towards knighthood. We highly appreciate that. This is what it's all about, value for value. That's our only model. Uh, uh, there's no way we could be talking about the stuff we're talking about if we had commercials or any other type of financing other than directly from you, the listeners, because you are not the product. This is the product. Dvorak.org slash N-A. And, of course, you can always go out and do something very important, like propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. World. Order. Come on, everybody, say it now. Shut up, Slade. I'd like to, uh, if you don't mind, John, I'd like to speak to our international listeners for a moment here. We have a very large international contingent who... Uh, produce the program and listen to it around the world. And I think it's important in light of uh, this admission by the president that he thinks uh, same-sex couples should be allowed to get married. Uh, a little uh, understanding of the United States is in order. Do you agree? Uh, I guess. Go. Hmm. And the reason I say this is because I have a, a European here, Ms. Mickey, and uh, she's obviously very uh, liberal and free thinking and uh, believes that uh, anyone should be able to do whatever they want. And uh, I agree with her. But when she heard uh, the president, like many Europeans, is like, wow, you know, this is really huge. This is really big. And, uh, you know, this is great. And, and, and all her uh, Dutch uh, gay friends are all like, oh, this is awesome. This is so fantastic, which, of course, is exactly what it's intended to do. Uh, I would like to uh, you have to understand one thing. Uh, unlike other countries, the United States is built up of 50 states. And each of these states, and, and, and these, some American people may not even understand this, each of these 50 states 
has their own government. They've got a, you know a Senate, and they've got you know, uh, they've got a, a capital, and they've got a governor, and you know, and they do legislation, and they uh, and they have the right to determine what happens in that state. That's why uh, when, and they determine all kinds of things like taxation. So in California, you pay ten percent California tax on your income. In Texas, you pay. Let me check again. Oh yeah, zero. Uh, there are many states that uh, have those differences, differences in a whole bunch of things, and that's up to the state to decide. Um, the federal government, really, if you look at the Constitution of the United States of America, is their only real job is to protect that freedom that we have <laughs> and uh, and to protect the freedom of the states and the citizens. And, of course, that has been misused in this very young country where you know we're not even close to 300 years old. Uh, and that's why we have all this crazy uh, uh, body scanners. We're going to scan your dog, and that costs money. And so we got tax. We didn't have taxation on a federal level in the in the beginning of this country. Um, but the one thing that is not in the Constitution, there's nothing about marriage. Uh, there's also nothing about separation of church and state in there. The only thing that's in the Constitution says Congress shall make no law about any religion. Uh, so it is not up to the federal government to determine if you can marry uh, a same-sex partner. It is up to the individual states. And I believe we have now six states where this can take place. Now, we get labeled as Americans on, from other countries as racists, homophobes, you know, nut jobs. I'll give you the last one. Uh but this is basically incorrect. If uh, Let's take uh, homophobia. If you were to look at what people actually watch, which is television, there is nothing but gay shows on. There's just tons. I mean, I watch Smash. Smash, huge gay show. Uh, huge. Modern, modern Family, huge gay show. We've totally. got... We got you know watch any channel. It's all the Bravo Network, and 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 it's okay. Showtime, and everyone's cool with it. There's no outrage. People aren't freaking out because we're very tolerant. But the law is up to the individual states. So in America, if you live in Texas and you don't like that your uh, son can't marry his boyfriend, then you should move to New York, and then it's okay. That's how it works. So this is absolutely meaningless to the way that America works. Even worse, only now, this morning, have they broadcast the full interview, ABC News, again, the Compromise Network. Uh, only now have they broadcast the full interview. And just to let you know, again, this was all set up in advance. We On Friday, Joe Biden pre-taped. His appearance on Meet the Press, I don't have the Joe Biden quote, but he yeah, he said, oh, I, I believe in gay marriage. It's all good. So they were set up for it. They knew it was coming. And the White House called their buddies over there at ABC. I'll just give you the little quote here. Here's the uh, uh, the, the woman who interviewed him. And George, you know full well uh, what it's like to get a call from the White House. We got a call on Tuesday saying the president wanted to talk. No guidelines, no real indication of what he wanted to discuss. We knew that this issue was very much in the news cycle because of things that had been said mm -hmm. recently, but had no idea he would go as far as he did. And, and, but I have to say, watching this, you know, and I've asked the president about gay marriage several times mm -hmm. in the last couple of years, he was always pretty uncomfortable given right. that answer about the evolution. He seemed at peace with the answer yesterday. He was very comfortable in 
been talking about. And again, we talked about other issues. We talked about terrorism, Mitt Romney, politics. It was a, a full range interview. But of course, this is the moment and this is the topic that really got everybody's and attention. And it is right in the middle of a presidential campaign. Yeah. Okay. So you're full of crap. Uh, you didn't broadcast any of his interview about terrorism or anything else, only about this, because that was what your job was. You're a bitch. You're the uh, White House administration's bitch. So I'm going to stop this answer with the end of the quote that, that was plugged for the past three days, and then we'll play the whole quote. We'll continue it after that. This is very important. Who are raising kids together. At a certain point, I've just concluded that um, for me personally, it is important for me to go ahead and affirm that uh, I think same-sex couples should be able to get married. This is where it, every... This is the only clip they released. And this was done on purpose. I'm going to now start the button again and listen to how he even contradicts her. And then there's some interesting conversation. And I continue to believe that this is an issue that is going to be worked out at the local level because historically... Local level, that means states. He says, I continue to believe that the states need to work this out. So he's, he's telling it exactly like it is. He's not actually saying that much. This has not been a federal issue. But Mr. President, it's, it's not being worked out on the state level. We saw that. Notice how she says it's not being worked out at the state level. That's bullcrap. Well, he actually, and props to him, listen to, listen to his retort. That Tuesday in North Carolina, the 30th state, to an essence ban gay well, marriage. Well, 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 what I'm saying is, is that different states are coming to different conclusions. Very good. Right answer. He says it is being worked out, just not the way you want it. But the states are coming to different conclusions. It is being worked out, and that's how the country works, if you like it or not. If you don't like the state you're in, you want to go move to a state where it's okay to, to marry same sex, New, New York is a great state. Yeah, go move there. It's, it's Massachusetts how, nuts is good. That's how it works. Now, now she, and uh, she's African-American. I forget what her name is. Yeah, she's, yeah. yeah. Listen to what she says, and... And his affirmation of it, it freaked me out. I mean, no one's saying anything about this. I think it's important to recognize that uh, folks who feel very strongly that marriage should be defined narrowly as uh, between a man and a woman, uh, many of them are not coming at it from a mean-spirited perspective. A bunch of them are friends of mine, uh, you know, pastors and you know, people who uh, I deeply respect. Especially but, in the black community. Absolutely. It is very right. dif a difficult conversation yeah, to absolutely. have. Excuse me. Did you just call the entire black community homophobic? Is that okay? Well, she's black. That's why they put her there, so she could make a comment like that. The president just said, that's right. Yeah, black, blacks hate gays. I just heard that. <laughs> that's not okay. No one says anything about that. Well, especially in the black community. It's a known fact. It's a known fact that black people hate gay people. What is this? Whole conversation. Yeah, absolutely. But, absolutely. But I think it's important. Absolutely. That, to me, that's an outrageous comment. That is, I mean, it, it's just outrageous. And we need to work on that. That's not okay. For me uh, uh, to say to them that as much as I respect them, as much as I understand where they're coming from, when I meet gay and lesbian couples, for me, I think it, it just has tipped the scales in that direction. All right. So here's the then they do a little walk and talk and it's all chopped up. But here's the lie about Joe Biden, because he was not he didn't trip and force them force their hand. It was planned. His, the whole thing was for him because they could have said, oh, man, 
Joe said something really, really messed up on uh, Meet the Press on Friday when he pre-taped it. we got to talk to them about editing that or something. They could have done all kinds of things. No, it was meant to test the waters. And you should have seen the, the press conference with Spokeshole Carney. That's all it was about. All set up, all orchestrated, all to get gay money. So here is uh, the, Ob- the uh, Obama-O-Biden lie. Did he jump the gun a little bit here? I had already made a decision that we were going to probably take this position before the uh, before the election. I had already decided, I, would, I had already made the decision we would say this before the convention. Oh, so it's political then. Well, I, you know, I have my doubts if this was, if this may have been orchestrated in some way, but it seems to be kind of a messed up orchestration. It's not very good. And I, and I know that it was risky because Obama, even though he's, you're chiding him for not being politically correct about the black community. Uh, the fact is they have a, uh, a an anti-gay bias in the voting booth because uh, of all the black churches and all the rest of it. They'll, they, they will come out in, in droves. In fact, when Prop 8 was defeated in California, uh, it was largely because of blacks and, and supposedly Mormons, but, it was, but everyone knows it was the black community that came out in droves to vote against it. And I think... Uh, Obama's is kind of having to play both sides against the middle. And I maybe doing this early was the, the idea to get it out of the way. So you're right. He could get some gay money because there's plenty of it out there that he could use for the campaign because there's some evidence that he's not you know, getting as much as he'd hoped. Let me play this 30 seconds for you from uh, from AP sponsored Yahoo News. And then there's the money piece of it all. And we learned today, thanks to The Washington Post, that one out of six bundlers, those people who raise the big bucks, for President Obama, are gay. There you go. <laughs> one out of six bundlers are gay. So now, when you <laughs> three out of four bundlers, dentists you go, agree. <laughs> are you one of those gay bundlers? Are you a gay bundler? But well, he's also he's on his way to California. He has the big uh, dinner with Clooney tonight. This will be and this will blow over because he'll have to back off on this because he cannot take a chance that becomes an election issue at during the election. Exactly, because he'll lose the black vote or enough of it. You know they'll. So they, they just won't vote. I mean, that's one of the effects that they have. Uh, he's already having on the young, the youth, the people that voted for him aren't going to vote. Now, Wilson, and, I will say, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's also going to lose those, those, some of those key states where, where they really don't, the ones who voted against gay marriage. I mean, like North Carolina, uh, if that shows up uh, in some way, shape or form at the, in the general election, they will come out and vote against Obama. So this is a very sketchy uh, strategy. It's risky. So I think it's risky. I agree. It's, it's very risky. risky, but I think getting it out of the way early and then still having his same old, well, I'm not, you know, let the states do it. He goes states' rights, goes 10th Amendment on us, and he'll get away with it. But the, but the thing is, ABC News didn't release the full quote until this morning. Yeah. Well, they're part of the game. I mean, you're absolutely <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, because now he can say, well, because, you know, he said, well, they pl- keep playing. You're saying this, this, this. No, 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 no. Here, play the whole thing. I mean, he could do pull the stunt you just did. Yeah. And then say, look, that was explained it very well. It's no, not exactly. It, that he, those stooges at ABC cut me short. He can't lose in that regard. And right. I will say, and Miss Mickey pointed this out, that if you are a young LGBT, because we that's what you have to say these days, LGBT, LGBT, LGBT. If you're a BLT, LGBT. Uh, it could be inspirational if you hear the president say that. So I'm 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 on board with that, but I will remind you that I'm pretty sure that as LGBT, you have every single right uh, a straight or bi curious person has, 
except for uh, actual marriage, you have civil union rights, but actual marriage in most of the states. But that'll yeah, change. Actually, North Carolina killed the civil union, too. Oh, really? Yeah, that vote that they just finished, I guess it was yesterday or the day before, it was a very heavy-handed law, <laughs> just basically said, which is funny because North Carolina is an extremely gay state, and I think that's one of the reasons. It is, actually. A, yeah, there's a big lesbian college over there, Oh, yeah, isn't it? in yeah. Sheville. Yeah, Sheville. You know, we fact, were there. Remember, it, we were in Sheville. Yeah, Sheville. It's Asheville, North Carolina. It's yeah. called Sheville to the locals because it's yeah. filled with lesbians. Yeah. And it's a very pleasant, I think it's just a really great town. And the lesbians are inconsequential. I mean, they're all over the place. Can, but I, ask it's you, not like, can I ask you a personal question? What? Are you okay with same-sex marriage? I, I am, I, I would say I'm completely neutral. I don't care one way or the other. I don't have a problem with same-sex marriage. If people really want to be together that badly, let them. I mean, I'm, the libertarian uh uh, perspective is that yes, it should be. It should. It shouldn't even be a, a topic of discussion. And I kind of would agree with that. But I'm not. I'm not a big. You know, well, let's go out and make it happen. I don't care. It's not got nothing to do with me. It's let's like one of these issues. So how come you're not all ready for it? I don't because it doesn't. It's got doesn't affect me. I'm a. I, I vote for my personal interests, and that has got nothing to do with anything I've got anything to do right. with. All right. So I don't care. Okay. All right. I Let think the, the public decide the LGBT thing. I think it's an LGBTI. No, no LGBTQI. No, it should be LGBIQT. Did we get them all? No, I don't know. If you have did. to put the bicurious in there. So, so we had uh, we maybe had it's just LB LB LBCGT. There we go. Lesbian, gay, curious, but no, LB. Oh, Okay, wait. Here's an here's an interesting little thing that I've always found amusing. I remember when I was a kid and yeah. this term first cropped up, it was GL, gay, gay and lesbian, lesbian, yeah, something I think. And I brought this up with what we had a gay producer. We, at dis- we discussed this on the show too, by the way. Yeah, it was two years ago. Yeah. Okay. And I asked him about this, and he says he says most of the the he says all the gay men are still baffled by how this transition took place and how the, the L got in got front of top billing. Yeah, how the L got in front of the G. <laughs> yeah, that's lame. And I want bi curious in there. I want bi curious in there. Yeah, well. Yeah. So anyway, all of this, John, was a... Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. Did you see what else was going on while everyone was distracted by all this? Well, yeah, there was lots of stuff going on. What did you find? Well, you tell me what you found, and then I'll get you Well, I got a thing if you wouldn't have the time to listen to this breakdown. Yeah. So I'm watching the Syrian action. Yeah, we had a big one this morning, didn't we? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. But I decided to, you know, not just to kind of pick on one thing. I think I may have one or two clips on this. You have the double agent, gratuitous. This would be at the end of the show. Um, okay, here. So so I'm watching the BBC. Mm-hmm. Talk about an operation that's got its head up its ass. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it's really bad. So they bring on some guy. They have all the memes coming out. This is the playbook, you know, where you have these. The memes, uh, the, you know, oh, the rape, uh, the, you know, they're raping the, everybody somehow. Yeah. So I again, so got, again. So I've got so they bring some guy on from the Syrian 
or American Syrian Public Affairs Council, and, and, and listen to his memes, and then let me tell you something that I found that was kind of funny. Erdogan says he'd lost hope that it will work. He said thousands of UN monitors must be deployed to avoid full-scale conflict. Here's our UN correspondent, Barbara Plett. The UN monitoring operation is in full swing. Here, unloading equipment in Damascus for what may be their toughest mission yet. The observers are meant to be policing a ceasefire that doesn't exist. Their presence has brought calm in places. But nearly one month on, the assessment is that violence continues at an unacceptable level, as this amateur footage appears to show in the city of Homs. The stakes are extraordinarily high. The UN supervision mission is possibly the only remaining chance to stabilize the country. Okay, that's the background. That, you can stop it there. You, you hear the you know the, the background with the phony baloney yeah, videos. And that's so, that, so they bring yeah. on this they bring on this expert from the American Syrian Public Affairs Council. Play that. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, hold on, hold on. I'm getting there. Okay. Well, I'm joined from Chicago by Firaz Derry, who is the president of the American Syria Public Affairs Committee, a group calling for freedom, democracy, and human rights in Ugh. Syria. Thank you very much for joining us and welcome to BBC News. Listening to that and listening to the words of Kofi Annan, do you agree that this is perhaps the last chance, this peace plan to avoid civil war? I think there's been many chances given to the Syrian regime, brutal regime, to uh, seize mm -hmm. brutality and violence in the brutal. country. And he has shown again and again that he has no intent to stop. I think that the Annan, Annan initiative has already proven to be a failure. He has failed to withdraw his heavy artillery and military equipment from inner cities and outskirts of towns and villages in Syria. The, the bombardment has continued to go on. Now, if he sh and, and then, then he shifts his activities from a military apparatus to a, to a police apparatus where intelligence agents are escorting civilians and killing them and raping women and killing children. <laughs> Okay, this goes on with all this bull crap. <laughs> raping children. You forgot the raping pets. Explosive so, uh, pets. So I decided to figure out who these guys are, American Syrian Public Affairs Council. They're at 888 16th Street, Northwest, number 800, oh, yeah, yeah. which is a mail drop. Washington, D.C., once again. The Black yeah. Alliance for Educational Options is there. The Global PR Agency is there. There's a whole bunch. Of, in fact, there's a company called Da Vinci Virtual that has... Prime virtual offices all over the world from $125 a month. John, we got to get us one of those. I think we should have That'd be awesome. one of them. We got to have a virtual office in so D.C. I so I, but they do have a website. So I checked the website out and I it called amspac.org. And that's run. That was funny because this guy speaking was from Chicago, even though they're supposed to be out of Washington, D.C. But amspac.org is run by a guy named, he's a, actually a neurologist out of Coral Gables, uh, Florida called Bashar Lufti. And if you dig into Bashar Lufti, you, you find his, his signatory on a whole bunch of interesting uh, uh, documents, including one from the Foreign Policy Institute, which is foreignpolicy.org, which is registered by a proxy service, so we know their phone. <laughs> yeah. And they are at a mail drop at 4 DuPont no. Circle Northwest, <laughs> another mail drop. <laughs> with V1 Corporation and then a group called E21 Economic Policies, which seems to be really the core of this. And you find the signature of William Crystal, oh. the anti-Russian mm -hmm. 
on the document that has that has this guy uh, Lufti's name on it. And Crystal is one of the principles at E21 Economics Policies for the 21st Century, which is some sort of a weird think tank. And I think this is all about getting is this is an attack on the on our agreement with the Russians to keep the Syrian thing under control. This is a complete scam. And it's all mixed up with all these phony operations that are all over the place with these phony balonies with titles that work out of mail drops all over Washington, D.C. This stinks to high heaven. And the question in my mind is, what is wrong with the BBC that they can't vet some guy like this? Yeah. Would you really want me to get into that and answer that? Or Now, is this a, uh, an, um, you know, you, whenever you have this stuff, feel free to just send me a Form 990 if they're a, a nonprofit, although they don't say they're a nonprofit, this AMSPAC. No, AMSPAC is just a front. The right. whole thing, the one to really look at is this E21 operation. Do they have a website? Uh, yeah, they, well, actually, they don't have a website. They have a big PDF that comes up. It's very <laughs> vague. E- and there's E21? Other, by the way, there's three or four others. That, that is that like an up. Agenda 21? It's E21. Oh, and I got I, you. I the got fact you. that it's got 21 on it is very suspect. Hmm, E21. Interesting. Economic, yeah, they do. Economics21.org. Economics. Well, there's somehow, I believe them to be the core group behind this hmm. today the okay. fact that they may be behind the whole syrian operation the fact that things are getting out of control and you have these these bullshit artists that go on the bbc or elsewhere claiming there's rape going on or they have these phony videos that the bbc at least they say we don't know if this video is accurate <laughs> yeah why can't there are reporters in syria there are real honest to god reporters Dozens of dozens, or maybe a hundred or more, that you could get video from, but they, yeah. there isn't any. It's, well, not not exciting video. No, they, they need the shaky cam, uh, smoke explosion stuff with people running around, and you don't see anything. So this thing stinks to high heaven. I'm going to look into this uh, economics twenty one dot org. Uh, yeah, I see the wow. Okay, interesting. Uh, also, does not appear to be a nonprofit. That's always too bad because I love me some legislation. You know, I loves me the legislation, John. Well, anytime I see William Crystal's name yeah, pop up, yeah, I, that's a big, uh, well, that's the, a big red flag. The president just signed another executive order regarding Syria, um, which I thought I had put in the show notes. Um, it's an extension of the national emergency. Uh, you know, every ninety days, yeah. and, and it's the the timing of it is just uncanny. Uncanny how he signs the executive order. Kablooey, we get uh, two huge bombs in the. Uh, you know, you talk about you complain about potholes there. They got potholes in Damascus right now. Uh, here, uh, executive order prohibiting certain transactions with and suspending entry into the United States of foreign sanction evaders. With respect to Iran and Syria, and uh, where is it? it's all about Syria. All the executive orders are about Syria, and the extension of executive orders. So, game on, I'd say. Game on for Syria. And uh, you need to stay on this. We've been trying to figure it out for a long time, but uh, we've always had some idea that this had to do with, uh, with Russia. Uh, in his executive order, he specifically states they're a danger to the Lebanese government, which, of course, the only thing the Lebanese government is good for is drug trafficking. You know, what's interesting is uh, I was watching some of the footage uh, from Homs. Yeah. 
pipeline town, which is a nice city at one point, but the, the town yeah. has been decimated. Yeah. And it looks exactly like Lebanon mm -hmm. did back in the day when Lebanon used to be considered the Paris of the Middle East. It was this very great. And then the Syrians went in there and, and essentially created a mock war with the Israelis with Leb Lebanon in the middle and destroyed the place. It's a mess and it's never recovered fully. And the Lebanese are, you know, can't even get it together. And I think this is payback in some ways. Well, so something else happened. This was one of the big distractions. Um, a bill uh, was introduced into the House while all of the everyone was worried about who's gay and uh, and about your you know your your dog blowing up. HR forty one thirty three also uh, may be known as the United States Israel Enhanced Security Cooperation Act of two thousand twelve. And uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to read a little bit from it because this ex uh, essentially um, enhances and extends the relationship the United States has with Israel. And there's some interesting things in here. Uh, so Congress finds the following. We have repeatedly reaffirmed the special bond we have between Israel and the United States. No definition on what special bond is, but it's a special bond nonetheless. Uh, at the same time, Iran may soon attain a nuclear weapons capability. This is your Congress saying it right here, even though no one agrees with it. None of the military leaders say this. A development that would fundamentally threaten vital American interests, destabilize the region, encourage national, a regional nuclear proliferation, further empower and embolden Iran, the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism. Wait a minute, I thought that was Yemen. And provided the tools to threaten its neighbors, including Israel. Over the past several years, with assistance of Iran and Syria, Hezbollah and Hamas have increased their stockpiles of rockets with more than 60,000 rockets now ready to be fired at Israel. That actually may be true. Iran continues to add to its arsenal of ballistic missiles and cruise missiles. Okay, <clears throat> so let's move down the dock here. To reaffirm the enduring commitment of the United States to the security of the state of Israel as a Jewish state, as President Obama stated, America's commitment, my commitment to Israel is unshakable. We're awesome. We love you. To provide, so this act is to provide Israel the military capabilities necessary to deter and defend itself against any threats. Two, to veto any one-sided anti-Israel resolutions at the United Nations Security Council. That's interesting. Uh, to support Israel's inherent right to self-defense, to pursue avenues to extend cooperation in defense, civilian sectors, high-tech, agriculture, medicine, health, pharmaceuticals, etc. And then here comes the good stuff. Uh, United States actions to assist the defense of uh, Israel and protect American interests. Provide Israel assistance specifically for the production and procurement of the Iron Dome defense system. I love that. What is it? It's a, it's a iron dome. What is iron dome? It's impenetrable. The iron dome. Nothing can get through it. In addition, expand Israel's authority to make purchases under the foreign military financing program on a commercial basis. So we'll be selling you weapons. Very good. Expand already close intelligence cooperation, including satellite intelligence with Israel. Now, this is a problem because we know that Mossad... We've, we've discussed this on the show before. They were allowed to use our satellites to look at uh, basically the Middle East, and uh, they've been in there looking at us. And now we're expanding it. We're letting another country look at all of our stuff. I don't like that. I don't think that's a good idea. No. 
And then it goes into, and, I, and this will stop, extension of authority to provide loan guarantees to Israel. So essentially, we're going to lend you this money. You don't want to actually get the money because you're going to turn right around and spend it on our, uh, on our sales guys who have a lot of good iron dome for sale, which could be complete invisible. Can you imagine that? It's going to be $50 billion for this iron dome. You can't see it. But it really it works. Be a scam. It really well. Of course, it's a scam. It's more money to the industrial, military, industrial complex. Because God knows they need more money, and I'm sure you didn't hear about that on the news. No, uh, Ron Paul. Uh, it was too boring. I, I watched a lot of C-SPAN. It was just too boring to do anything with it. Uh, he had a uh, uh, two hour, con- two single hour conferences with the introduction of five individual bills for Federal Reserve reform or, um, what do you call it? Elimination. (laughs) And he had all kinds of experts. It was very very interesting to listen to, and I have a link to it in the show notes, 407.nashownotes.com, but nothing that you'd want to hear on this show. You just fall asleep. I mean, and this is the problem. Because I, I believe what he's doing there is really right and it's really good. Timing, a little unfortunate. We had all these distractions going on, so no one talked about it. And he, he is the head of the finance reform uh, committee, and there's not one drop of ink about it. No one's writing about it. There's nothing on television at all. I think it's at least worth mentioning. None of that. But the funniest one, John, happened last night. And this, to me, this was just hilarious. This is about um, the Justice Department. Department of Justice uh, is getting an an appropriations bill, $51 billion. Now, of course, uh, we know that Eric Holder is completely morally and probably legally corrupt and bankrupt. Uh, The whole Justice Department blows he should be fired. He should be put in a stockade, actually. So um, they have this money, and they're going to approve this. But then they come in, and there's an amendment all of a sudden. Whoa, 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 whoa. And the amendment is amendment number 26 from Representatives Rohrbacher of California, Hinky of New York, McClintock of California, and Farr of California. Here is a quick read by the clerk. I watched this whole thing. I was laughing my ass off. Amendment offered by Mr. Rohrbacher of California. At the end of the bill, before the short title, insert the following section. I move to strike. strike. You know, a guy tries and interrupts, and the the guy will have no no part. Go ahead. Finish the bill, clerk. Last word. Gentlemen, suspend. The clerk will read. None of the funds made available in this act to the Department of Justice may be used with respect to the states of Alaska, Arizona, California, Colorado, Delaware, District of Columbia, Hawaii, Maine, Maryland, Michigan, Montana, Nevada, New Jersey, New Mexico, Oregon, Rhode Island, Vermont, and Washington to prevent such states from implementing their own state laws that authorize the use, distribution, possession, or cultivation of medical marijuana. Okay. So the amendment, and and we'll have uh, Farr explain it in his 45 seconds here. The amendment is essentially say, okay, you can have this money, uh, but you're not allowed to use this money to go and bust up medical marijuana dispensaries like you've been doing in California. 
Seems like a right, reasonable which, request. By the way, we have to remind people that Obama promised that wouldn't happen if he got elected president. So Farr actually uh, lays it out very plainly why this is ridiculous, ridiculous that it's taking place. It is obvious from the votes that we've been casting here yesterday and tonight, this afternoon, that this body insists on protecting rights of states to define marriage. This body insists on protecting the rights of states to set abortion policies. This body insists on protecting rights of states to determine education curricula and standards. Just yesterday, this body decided that certain states get to enforce federal immigration laws however they see fit. But when it comes to protecting the rights of states to set medical scope of practice laws, this body box. All of a sudden, states no longer have the right to determine what is best for their citizens and when those rights include medical marijuana. So, excellent point. He's saying, wait a minute. This is bull crap. He, he, it's his amendment. The states have this right to do all this. We agree. You know, the marriage thing, uh, education. But, but a plant? Oh, sorry. You shut up, slave. You got no right. So all of a sudden, and this is where it got, and, and you know, I, I just don't want to, oh, no, this is great. <clears throat> Wolf from Virginia. Now, the guy's got to be 80. He freaks out. He totally, he, he just freaks out. Enjoy this with, it, with me. Not only does this amendment, uh, what does this amendment say if a young person, 15, at a high school in whatever state, is watching the house, at 7.30, and they say the United States Congress is ready to make it easy to get marijuana. <laughs> I think the kids are going right on. But wait a minute. What is he saying? He's saying that some kid watching C-SPAN who's 15 years old. What kid is this? Apparently, he's so delusional. And it's, it's, he means 7.30, which is prime time viewing for C-SPAN. Who is this asshole? He is uh, Wolf. I think he's a congressman from Virginia. But he, he gets he, he goes off, John. It's, it's, it's awesome. He might be drunk, actually. I'm not sure. And he sounds it. The mom or dad just said, what, 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 what is going on? What this is, amendment what, what? hurts law enforcement. Our law enforcement people are jeopardizing their, their, their lives. <laughs> Marijuana is one of the most widely abused drugs in the United States. Oh! <laughs> According to the DEA, more young people are now in treatment for marijuana dependency than for alcohol or all other illegal drugs. I've really got to see that survey. More in that treatment is for bull crap. Total bull crap. Combine? This amendment does not address the problem of marijuana abuse and possibly makes it worse. <laughs> By sending a message to young people that there can be health benefits, the Drug Enforcement Administration, DEA, describes marijuana as, quote, the top revenue generator for Mexican drug trafficking organizations, a cash crop that finances corruption and the carnage of violence year after year, end of quote. All you have to do is look at the news. That's why we put money back in here for the National Gang Intelligence Unit to keep the Mexican gangs from coming into the United States. The Mexican gangs are being funded, and they have a marijuana operation. You know what this reminds me of? God, what an idiot. This reminds and me he of... he is drunk. Listen to this. You 
and all the school parent groups about the country, and you must stand united on this and stamp out this frightful assassin of our youth. You can do it by bringing about compulsory education on the subject of narcotics in general, but great marijuana in particular. It's marijuana. This is Reefer Madness. If you haven't seen the yeah, movie, yeah, no, Reefer Madness. Like, yeah, it was exactly the same thing where they said, hey, hold on a second. It's the Mexicans. The crazy Mexicans are smoking weed. Now it's the Mexican gangs. I could play this guy forever. But Barney Frank then gets up. And Barney Frank has the line of the night. And you could have heard a pin drop. And by Let's the be way, before you play Frank, I want to I just put a polit- give people some balance on the politics here. The, um, the amendment with McClintock, for example, being behind it, one of the most conservative of conservatives in the state of California. These are a lot of conservatives representing these states. And that's a conservative Republican we're talking about with McClintock. This idiot, Frank Wolf, who should be voted out of office. He's 73 years old. He's, and I don't want to be an ageist, but this guy obviously is a drunk. (laughs) It's not not an age problem. He's a drunk against marijuana. They should maybe smoke marijuana instead. Whatever the case, he's also a Republican. So he is the old moderate bullcrap Republicans that really need to go. Anyway, onward. So Barney Frank gets up, and I love the guy. Let's be very clear. This is not a case of people advocating that other people smoke marijuana. It is, for me, an advocacy that we allow people some degree of free choice. I listen to the general of Virginia, and I admire his diligence, but I I have to say um, I disagreed with... Almost everything he said. There was one thing he said that I thought was appropriate. He said we shouldn't be debating this at 7.30. And I agree. We should have been debating it at 4.20. Uh, that would have been a much better time. Oh. <laughs> and no one laughed. Nobody got it. No one got it. I was like, Barney Frank. Let me give him a little love. Uh, In the morning. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> we should have done it at 420. And, and, but yeah, it's like, and you know when a, when a joke bombs and then you just like, uh, and then you just keep talking? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, that, that's exactly what he did. It's kind of funny. Listen. The time. But other than that, he <laughs> said, what about 15-year-olds? He was waiting. But, oh, crap, I bombed. Uh, what about 15-year-olds? Ah, good on you, Barney Frank. That's funny. So, that, you know, and hey, by the way, you can take it out of the hands of the Mexican gangs, but letting people grow it in their backyard. And by the way, I don't buy that either. Most of the real serious money is made with cocaine uh, yeah. smuggling. Yeah. Most of the marijuana in, the, in California, from what I can tell, even though I actually even haven't even been to a dispensary, but you, but the reports are fairly obvious. It's grown in those counties in, you know, Mendocino, Lake County. They name the counties. It's all grown own in california they're not smuggling in tons of dope from mexico they yeah. don't have to stuff grows like it is a weed it grows all over the place yeah it's and a most, plant. and i think this is true in most of these areas and i think in washington state for example the rumor is that most of it comes in from canada and let me just say something about the addictive properties i was a pothead for 10 years straight wake and bake the sleepy time i quit cold turkey haven't smoked weed for three years not because i'm against it i just okay i'm done with that Quitting smoking? Hard, impossible. That's addictive. So it, it's... Yeah, it, and this guy from the state of Virginia, a big tobacco producer, he should think twice about uh, talking about addicting, addictive products. If he wants to st- well, he's not going to be reelected, I would hope. Anyway, Barney Frank, if I ever see him, I'll give him a kiss.
Come here, Twinkle Toes. <laughs> yeah, he'd like that. Oh, yeah. Come here, tw- come here, Barney Frank, Twinkle Toes. I love you for that. It was very funny. It was, that was like, a, you know, if a kid was watching it, the kid would be like, hell yeah, mofo, Barney M.F. Frank. It would be entertaining. Kids watching C-SPAN. Bonehead. Yeah, that was bad. So uh, that was a good catch. I think that was a great little... Little ditty. Yeah. But that was all... uh, The amendment was probably defeated. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. Forgot to mention, voted. they voted last night. Voted down. Yeah. Yeah, voted down. There was actually one guy who said, you know, we shouldn't be doing this at this time of night. We're not, you know, we're not thinking straight. (laughs) We shouldn't be voting now. I'm high, man. I can't vote on the marijuana thing now. Uh, yeah, no, I think uh, this other guy, what, what's his name? Was it Rolf. Far? Uh, far, far, the yeah, far, far. Where's he from? It's a Roar, it's Rohrbacher from California, Hinky from New York, who's a Democrat, McClintock from California, Republican, and Far, who's a Democrat. from so Everyone in California. Yeah. Well, there you go. California yeah. leads the way when it comes to this sort of thing. This yeah, but will the, not. This will continue to be a battle. Uh, but, and I think actually, not to bring it back to a point you made some few shows ago, but it's it does boil down to the bankers. Yeah, you know, and and the pharma pharmaceutical industry. Yeah, they don't want this. Yeah, the, the, the crazy uh, the crazy wolf guy brought up the pharma industry. Uh, and there is a distinct possibility. You know, there's a. Uh, the government, our government, basically owns the patent on synthetically produced medical marijuana. So there is a thesis that it would be bad because then uh, it would be, you know, become unaffordable. Because then, you know, yeah, we'll legalize our stuff. So there's some point to that. Like, yeah, uh, like, uh, uh, like, like oxycontin, cotton, cotton, whatever it is. Yeah, and I think some uh, there reports just came out these uh, over the counter or not over the counter, but these prescription drug painkillers. Last year, they, they killed fourteen thousand people from overdoses. Yeah, how many people have, uh, had died from overdoses of marijuana? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> I flew a helicopter while high. It was great. I never had the best landing in my life uh, with an instructor. I'll remind well, everybody. There was a bunch of, uh, uh, I forgot which pitcher it was that threw a no hitter on marijuana. But anyway, so what do you, now this changing topics. Yes. Do you have any thoughts on the Suhoi super jet blowing up? Yeah, I do actually. Well, can you play, play the clip that's backgrounder? Okay. Suhoi super jet. Here we go. Well, Indonesian police say what appears to be debris from a Russian plane has reportedly been found in mountains south of the capital, Jakarta. They suspect the debris is from a Russian-made Suhoi Superjet 100 that went missing Wednesday with 50 people on board. Indonesia's transport ministry says the passenger plane disappeared from the radar at around 2 p.m. after taking off from an airport in Jakarta. The plane was developed by the Russian aerospace company Suhoi. It was on a demonstration flight with Indonesian airline employees and government officials from both countries on board. All right. Uh, so first of all, let's determine, let's define what this super jet really is. It's a $35 million aircraft, so uh, don't be thinking like it's this huge, amazing, outrageous no, no, it's like a 737. It's a, it's a compet- Smaller. You know what? You've already... Oops. Oops. You've already made my point. It's a competitor to the Boeing 737. Yeah. 
Now, on board were 50 people. They were buyers. They were potential buyers. So these are yeah, I know. buyers. That's the, that's the part that gives the giveaway. Right. This aircraft is not a Russian aircraft. The entire, you know, they may assemble it in Russia or may have a, a, a made in Russia stamp. Right. But, if, but all the parts are from the United States, the United Kingdom, uh, a lot of EAD like companies um, uh, from France. The whole plane is constructed of almost everything but Russian parts. And who is the lead uh, consulting contractor? That I don't know. Boeing. Oh, well, uh, again, you answer my question for me. So this is uh, an obvious hit because we've had this ongoing between Airbus and Boeing for years now. They keep you know making each other's planes fall out of the sky. So this was clearly Airbus saying, screw you, Boeing. You you dropped our plane and uh, the one going uh, to France. You made you made our pitot tubes freeze up. No, we're going to get you back. And uh, we won't hurt innocent civilians, just buyers. <laughs> A bunch of buyers who are leaning to buy this jet. Yeah. So uh, guess what? That ain't going to work too well. On the, you know, the, uh, the, the hockey stick curve just went down all of a sudden. So this is a, it's an obvious hit job. Obvious. Hit the volcano. That's what I thought too. Originally, I thought it was a Boeing hit on the on the Russians trying to get incur, but then I found Boeing is behind the jet. Yeah, it's their jet, really. Yeah, I mean, even though they're just a consultant. Yeah, no. But it's a, it's a small. It's a it's a it's a kind of an in between. It's a, it really went after the Embraer, yeah, that, Embraer the Brazilian jet, yeah. jet and yeah. some other these uh, yeah. smaller uh, regional jets. It's great, you know, for a thirty-five million dollar plane. It looks like it's pretty good, but no way. Now it could have been an inside job, of course. You know, it could have been an inside job on Boeing's part, but uh, I, I would look squarely at uh, at Airbus, and that's you know, this is a big business. This is, I mean, this is the yeah, one plane this is, is thirty-five million dollars. There's a lot of sales. This is they the go through business. an amazing rigmarole to exchange the money for the plane. Mm-hmm. There was a sixty minutes thing on this where they, the guys got there's like a key, a key to the jet, and you're not the owner of the jet until they give you until Boeing right. gives you the, the key. key in a box. And but you have to be sitting at a computer terminal yep. ready to transfer the money. Mm-hmm. And so you, the guy holds the key, and the other guy holds the. Uh, Button on the, the the enter button on the computer, which yeah. transfers the thirty five million, and the two of them are like right next to each other, and the guy just gets his hand on the key, and the other yeah. guy, and then they push it, and then they boom, it goes out yeah. simultaneously. Meanwhile, you know, I'd be out there jump starting the thing. Ah, we don't need that key, man. Come on. So anyway, <laughs> so in in other uh, aircraft news, and uh, this came up in conversation about this uh, <clears throat> the problem with the F twenty two. Where uh, pilots are blacking out and two pilots, uh, a senior one and a junior one. It's been going on for a while. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure I know what this is. Uh, This is, uh, you know, so the problem is pilots are blacking out. And the answer comes from the defense world itself. The problem is the plane has such an intense maneuvering capability and performance at such high altitude that uh, the pilots are basically just blacking out, lack of oxygen. Uh, you know, a human being just can't handle the aircraft. So the obvious solution is drones. It's just another feather in the cap of the unmanned aircraft uh, industry. 
And the F-22, we could make that unmanned. Probably. No reason why we shouldn't. Well, once again, learns how to fly it. I'm sure he could fly it from the ground. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's what that's all about, in my opinion. Then the Air Force, uh, our United States Air Force, has come out and said, well, you know, we're going to be operating all these drones, uh, and we will not be conducting non-consensual surveillance on any specifically identified U.S. persons unless expressly approved by the Secretary of Defense, who, as far as I'm concerned, has no authority to approve that. Um, On the other hand, they say, I'm quoting, collected imagery may incidentally include U.S. persons or private property without consent. Uh, So, you know, if by like Google, you know, if by mistake, you know, we catch you doing something, then we're sorry. You know, we're not doing we're not really surveilling you with our drones but if it's an accident yeah if we see something then yeah what are we gonna do we say something yeah we can't we can't just like say we see something we say something we can't just move it away we 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 gotta be on board with the program i'm sorry should play the see something say something jingle i'm I'm itching to hear it (laughs) where the hell is it we haven't played that in a long time we should bring that back to the four yeah uh you know it's like one of those Camp, you know, I, and I had it here. It is color code. Sorry about that. Well, John, I think that uh, it is now uh, the opportune moment, and I don't, <coughs> I don't know if you had a, uh, I don't know if you had a plan or not, but you uh, told me that we needed this on a weekly basis. So here it is. She is back in action selling hot dogs, hoping to hook customers with the slogan, Get a little wiggle with your wiener. Kathy Scalia has wiggled her way to fame. Known by the name The Hot Dog Hooker. Arrested for selling sex acts along with her wieners. I plead guilty to stripper. A stripper. Not prostitution. Ever since she wiggled her way out of a Long Island jail. You don't actually want to hear the whole report, do you? No, but I do have. A, I have a, a week uh, this week in Hooker's story myself. Well, hold on a second. It's the weekly Hooker report. That's right, everybody. John C. Dvorak checks in. All right, what is your Hooker report? So, so this is on the BBC, and I was kind of baffled by it. Now, you have to remember, in the English, oftentimes when they refer to Asians, they mean South Asians and sometimes the Near East, which is uh, uh, the Arabs. And these disappear to be a story about either Pakistanis or Arabs whoring out the white chicks in some parts of apparently England. And it's like you read, watch, listen to the story, and there's a number of interesting anomalies. And I'd like to know what, what the story is actually about if it's not just jingoism or trying to, you know, create some sort of a, a annoyance with the, uh, with the Pakistanis or the, or the Arabs or whoever, or even the Indians in, uh, in London. So play the so-called Asians whore out the girls. Nine men in Britain have been convicted of sexually exploiting teenage girls in Greater Manchester. The abuse was carried out by Asian men on white girls, but police insist the grooming was not racially motivated. Judith Moritz reports. 
These are some of the nine men who worked together to rape and sexually assault young yeah. girls in Rochdale. Luring them with alcohol, cigarettes and food, the circle of men abused the girls on a terrible scale, sometimes even trafficking them around the north of England. The abuse happened on the streets of Haywood near Rochdale and in taxis and takeaways nearby. I condemn them from the highest level. These are the most vulnerable in our society and they have been preyed upon by adults who should know better. Some of the girls have been spending time at this takeaway, which is now under new ownership, and at this fast food outlet nearby, which is also now in new hands. Here they were given alcohol, and at least one of them was raped in an upstairs room. I just think what they did to me was evil. This girl, who can't be identified, was 15 when the abuse began. They ripped away all my dignity and all my last bit of self-esteem, and by the end of it, I just had no emotion whatsoever, because... I was just used to being used and abused daily. It could be up to five different men in a day. Every day? And yeah, sometimes every day. The trial attracted the attention of far-right groups who protested about the fact that the defendants were all Asian and the victims white. Two Asian barristers were threatened outside court and then withdrew from the case. The issue of whether this kind of street grooming is racially motivated has proved controversial. The police say race has no bearing on it, but others disagree. Well, there's a whole bunch of sociologies that crop up with this story, <clears throat> including the uh, some of the negative uh, stereotypes that you have with Muslims, because it went on to talk about it, was these are Muslim men. And... Uh, the other thing that was interesting is that girl who was talking, oh, I got raped, or got had to screw five guys a day, day after day. <laughs> yeah. At the top left-hand corner, by the way, they never mentioned prostitution in this entire story. No, it was rape. It's as though they were just white slavers or something. These were hookers. And the girl, and the thing in the upper left-hand corner when that girl was talking said, Actri or actor's voice. It wasn't even <laughs> it her wasn't talking. It wasn't even her. Oh. <laughs> it was a bullshit. <laughs> Can we close it out? Yeah, I guess. Uh. It's the weekly hooker report. Uh, tip of the hat to producer Hans Hafner. And uh, Frank Sinatra, I think, actually participated on that. Came back from the grave to help us out. Uh, I have so much more. You want to take a break now, or do you want I to do... I think we should, yes. Should we take a little break? That's probably a good idea. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Hot dog hookers. In the morning. Okay, we do have a few uh, donors that thank, and a lot of them are voting on the 7 versus 9 thing. Uh, and don't forget, 6969 doesn't count, uh, as I'll mention in the next newsletter. Uh, anonymous comes in from New South, we uh, New South Wales, uh, Australia, Randwick. Anonymous donation, $150. How much do we have to pay to hear Adam's dolphin story? Well, somebody already paid more than this not to hear it. Uh, Trent, so you have to pay more. It's off the Trent, table. It's off the table. It's off the table. It's off the table. But thank you for the donation. We appreciate it. Trent Faulkner, uh, Melbourne, Australia, or Victoria, Australia, one twenty one twenty one. Been listening for a couple of months now, and I thought I should pony up for the value I'm getting. I listened to it on my commute, and I've been asked on a few occasions, what is it I'm listening to and laughing at? <laughs> so I turn around and hit them in the mouth. 
The last time I was approached like this, the person continued with more questions, which eventually led me to being asked to go to a seminar of his. So many things sound fishy now because of you guys. So I did some research and found out that it was a vitamin supplement sponsored by Uh. none other than Dr. Oz. Oh, no. (laughs) You know what Dr. Oz had on the other day? Dr. Oz, uh, and I heard this from uh, a friend. I didn't see it. I haven't not gone looking for it. He had on a husband and wife, and uh, the guy says, and Dr. Oz agreed, that he was having sex with his wife and his penis broke. And the whole thing was about, you know, when your penis breaks. That's funny because when I used to date a contortionist until she broke it off. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the morning. It can break? Apparently. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so uh, anyway, he says how he says he wants to thank us for dodging a bullet. Yeah. And he needs a dedouching Huntsman Karma combo. All righty, here we go. You've been dedouched. You've got karma. Thor Hanks in Seattle, Washington, $100.09. He does not like the slide whistle. Long-time boner, second-time donor. I'd like to, my official de-douching. I also need some weight loss karma. I love the show, but please pick a new instrument. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. And to counter his vote, Brad Doherty in Brooklyn, New York, came with $100.07, no comment. Uh, Black Knight McTank, Playa del Rey, $100. Please, sir, a bit of karma for all the No Agenda listeners and hosts to boot. Love the show. Mm-hmm. You've got karma. William Bryant, uh, parts unknown, $99.99, mad at TSA donation. Uh, see my email about why. <laughs> he has a... Yeah, no, it, it, it was, he was, it's a very angry email. Oh. Yeah, it, it, just a very angry email. Yeah, he's mad at the TSA. Yeah. He's in sport, this is a William Bryant sport. It was, it was, a, it was a long, you know, it's like nothing we haven't heard before. Uh, but, Robin Bonin, when we appreciate his, yes. give him a karma, just give him yeah. a gratuitous karma. Yeah, TSA karma. You've got karma robin bonin in lafayette louisiana ninety nine ninety seven, which puts us on the plus side for the for the slide whistle uh donating today my 33rd birthday i don't know what it means but it must be code for something i'm asking for car karma for dr ron paul is with a john c dvorak vibra slap stinger uh karma for ron paul and f- karma for my children and the rest of the nation right. and he's and now let me get the vibra slap you have what you have a vibra slap uh, is that battery operated? Your vibra slap. Hello. Okay, hit it. Oh, here we go. You've got karma. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, we got a million of them. Yeah. A uh, thirty-ninety-three oh nine from Dennis Cruz, Knight Dennis Cruz, Sir Knight, Sir Dennis Cruz in Beaverton. Uh, Dada Denman and hotcoffee.org submit this for following Da Denman show, D A D E N man. The Denman. The Denman, uh, on No Agenda Radio. Buck a show, don't you know? Yeah, and he's against a uh, slide whistle. He's against a slide whistle. Uh, Mark, Sir Mark Kulin. Kulin. Kulin in Oosterlake. Oosterlake. Oosterlake, which is a, a lake full of oysters. Yes, correct. <laughs> That's exactly right. 
9139. <laughs> I vote no. Uh, or a giant John only slide whistle. Sorry, Adam. Don't compete. You have your talent. Stick to it. Oh. Yeah. 91 is the cube of a negative integer of 1729, the most uninteresting number. By the way, we haven't exploited that. The paradox in itself. We'll keep it up, uh, keeping me sane and greeting some Oyster Lake, Gitmo Lowlands, (laughs) 2.7 miles below sea level. Meters, not miles. (laughs) Meters. Sorry, miles. Uh, He's producer of the No Agenda Stream, uh, member of the 285 Nightclub, and on and on. Okay. And he's a monthly eleven eleven donor. Yes. Nice. Oops. I just clicked on the thing that covered my screen up. Okay, here we go. Uh Eric Vans Van Velzen. Eric in von von Felsen. Von Felschen in Venlo. Yeah, very good. Eighty nine ninety eight. Hey now. ITM, dear John and Adam. First of all, I want to congratulate Adam and Mickey. And he does not know where to put a short note, so that's why he sent it to this address. Long-time boner, first-time donor. I love the show. Why? 89.98? Because it was the best years in my short life till now. 89.98. Okay. A lot of getting laid in those days, but that seems over for me for the time being. Oh, it's the years. It's uh, from 89 to 98. Those were the best years of his life. Best years of my life. Okay. And he's recommending a bottle of... Calatera Tributo Melbeck from Chile and uh, seems to show 03 till 60 or offline. We have to look at the archives and see what happened. Uh, regards. Does he get asked for a karma? I don't think so. Nope. Thank you, Eric. Uh, Metal Dog Machine, Sir Metal Dog Machines. Is that right? Both my wife, Dame Andrea, 7777, yeah. and my son, Sir Dallas, enjoy the slide whistles during No Agenda. I even brought my own. To use live the two rock bands I play bass in. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, before you know it, you're going to see Elton John with a slide whistle. We're going to be like, crap, man, we made that up. You made it up. You made it up. Seven, 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 seven. So he's a quadruple. uh, Yes, he's all the way. Go. Slide whistle, go. All in. All in at 77, 77. Sir Victor Gregg, Decatur, Georgia. Knighted. I just want to let you know my ring size. And then he says thumbs up for the slide whistle with another 7777. Gregory Wilcox, Phoenix, Arizona, 6969. Soissonneuf. And he's got sent us some accounting, so he is going to be a knight later. Carl Ranson, Christchurch, Canterbury, 6969. Just wanted to let you know in the poker circles, the hand of six and nine is known variously as dinner for two. Breakfast in bed or a happy meal? <laughs> and I get a shot of travel karma as I'm coming to Vegas. And yes, I'll be opting out, he says. You've got karma. Nice. A little extra luck there. Sir Gregory Laudrup in North Hills, California, 6969. Can I get some karma for my company? Times are tough right now. You've got karma wow the, no, the, Post, the nights are out man the nights are out in full force today yes yeah, night day sir alan bose in langley bc 6907 keep up the excellent work shot of karma for my wife kim would be nice you've got karma sir joe the dish slave in stockton 60 dollars and seven cents I'm here with a pro slide whistle donation to be applied to my wife's future damehood. Please give a mention of my podcast, OzoneNightmare.com, and fire off some sweaky, su- silky sweet slide whistle karma. You got it? You got, yeah, you, got are it. you holding on to your instrument? Yeah, always. <laughs> You've got karma. 
P-Bo in Maastricht. 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 I've been there. $60. After a long involuntary lovemaking session, you know, in the you-know-what. In the morning. With, with the tax man. Oh, in, in the, in the, oh, in the cavity, yeah. I finally am able to send some hard-earned currency your way. Please send some karma and return my startup customer arena from the most beautiful city in the Netherlands, Maastricht. Thank you very much, Pim. You've got karma. Uh, Scott in Leesburg, Virginia, where he should be voting out this idiot. What's yeah. his name? Uh, Frank Wolf. Wolf. Do, do your part, Scott. Uh, in the morning, Jans, in the last few days, a number of websites have greeted me with the your own ADHD no. banners oh, featuring... No, 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 it's not. It's own your ADHD. Remember, that's Adam Levine. Own from, your ADHD. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Featuring that douche who makes mediocre music. <laughs> that's John's favorite band, man, after Green Day. He loves the Maroon 5s. I was diagnosed with that fictitious disorder. At age seven, I was coerced, bullied by my school district into taking unpleasant psychostimulants so that my fellow slave mates suffering from mental shortfalls caused by daily fluoride tablets could learn their ABCs. <laughs> Thankfully, mom had none of it and told the man to shove it. Yay! She saved me from being a medicated and mediocre slave. Oddly enough, my hyperactivity vanished around the same time that I stopped eating Monsanto garbage <laughs> and started spending two hours a day on a bicycle. <laughs> I humbly asked for some karma to help me with getting a much-needed and much-deserved pay raise in the order of five figures. If I can get a slide whistle karma shot to add to this endeavor, I will definitely kick back a handsome number of Federal Reserve notes to the show upon success. Please send some karma to Crash Helmet Kathy, who fully recovered from her stem cell treatment. Oh, that's a Crash, crash Helmet Kathy who had no agenda on her, uh, on her brain protector. Yeah. Anyway, that, I'm, I'm going yeah. uh, to give him a special karma. Get ready with the slide whistle. You've got karma. Kathy Roberts, Crown Point, Indiana, 55 double negatives. Maxwell, Maxwell Roberts. What'd I say? Kathy. I said Kathy? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How did I say Kathy? Okay, uh, Maxwell Roberts in Crown Point, Indiana. <laughs> double nickels on the... Oh, I see. I, w I saw that, and I swinged over to the double nickels, and then I you looked swinged, up. You swinged? You swinged over? saw Kathy you on the line above. You swinged over? I swinged over, and then I looked up. There was Kathy's name, and I, Kathy, the crash helmet girl. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, no agenda drunk donation like a de-douching for the second time. Uh, I like to de-douche, actually. P.M. Stephen Harper. I'd also like to give him karma. Uh, because you can't de-karma, and I'll go toe-to-toe -to -toe with any Canadian in a de-douche competition. All right, so it's a de-douche karma? Is that what's being requested here? A de-douche okay. for Harper and a karma. All right. You've been de-douched. Now, You've got it's up karma. to another Canadian to douche him again. Yo. Kyle McQuestion, $55, no comment. Uh, Eliza Martinez. Eliezer. 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 I'm um, not sure. E-L-I-E, -E, which would be Eliezer. Eliezer. I'd say uh, Eliezer. Eliezer. Could be. Florence, South Carolina, 5150. After so many plugs at Twit, I decided to give N.A. A, a try. I've been listening since January and realized I've never donated. So here it is, an extra amount that reflects my current state of mind. 
Okay. Uh, please send it's 5150. Get it? Mm-hmm. Please uh, send a two to the head de-douching and some health karma. I'm too young to have this many health conditions. Absolutely. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. We just have a few left. Stephen Schnabel in Ochnishin in Rosshire. Not sure how to pronounce that. 5107. Been a while since we donated, but the slide whistle debate debacle has to be addressed. Slide whistle, hell yeah, baby. That's Stephen Sue in Scotland. Jason Fenwick, Washington, D.C., 5107. Or 5007. It's been a year since I donated. Please de-douche and slide whistle me. Count me as a yay for the slide whistle. Just a de-douche. You've been de-douched. El Cid Campeador in Salpulpa, Oklahoma, $50. From the fifth column, like a round of karma for all the listeners and the both of you. Karma. You've got karma. Matthew Botkin, $50, no comment. Patrick Thimbelli, or Thimblebly, blah, blah, blah. Thimbley. <laughs> Thimbleby. Thimbleby. Thimbleby, that's try, it. Try Thimbleby. Thimbleby. John, it's a it, great name. Did you, take a, your, did you take your meds this morning? I mean. <laughs> I took double dose. <laughs> this is a great name. This would be like a name for a detective. Patrick Thimbleby. Caro in Middlesex, Patrick $50. No comment. Scott Davis, Boulder, Colorado, 50 bucks. I avoid the $40 Avenger movies tickets plus $10 in popcorn and give it to you guys. First time donor. Thanks for sharing your unique look at, unique look at the world. Please talk more about the synthesized Synthesize. slider sometime. And finally, last two, uh, both $50, Gert Van Treep. Geert Van Treep. And Sarah Milligan in Sparks, Nevada. So We also have a long note from one of our, uh, now, be- did before, you get the notice? Yeah, yeah, before we do that, I just want to remind people who are new to the program, uh, and let's also remember we have to give a slide whistle uh, uh, interim uh, accounting update, that this, uh, the entire premise of this show uh, which we've been doing now, it's in our fifth year, is based on the value for value cancer. Cancer. The value for value cancer. <laughs> cancer. It's a, the value for value cancer. It's a plague. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. The value for value concept. Yeah, you said my Kathy was bad. You yeah, topped it. I did. I had to. I always got to top you. I'm a top. So yeah. this morning on CNN, just And one of our producers caught this and sent me a long clip, but I clipped it down. I had enough time before the show started. Matt Taibbi, who, is, uh, who writes for the Rolling Stone, he's written some pretty interesting articles, in particular about the financial crisis. He laid out one of the reasons why, um, or he, he actually really gave us the opportunity to, to, uh, to pat ourselves on the back for choosing a model that enables us to really give you the truth and call bullcrap when it's bullcrap. And this is something that you've discussed many times on the show, John. He actually says what is going on with politics, the elections, and the media, and how the money flows. Yeah, that's possible. But one of the things you have to remember, and, and you know, I think we all in the media, we all get caught up in this. There are very few political taboos left in, in American uh, uh, journalism, but there are a lot of commercial taboos. And one of the big ones is uh, you can never say that something is a foregone conclusion. It's our job uh, in the media to try to drum up interest in this. We have to sell advertising. We have to get viewers and get ratings. And so we can't just come out and say that this thing is over six months before it happens. Uh, so there's a, there's a strong incentive uh, 
uh, by all the pundits, including people like me, uh, to, to come out there and say, well, this could happen, that could happen, Romney has a legitimate chance. It's just a subconscious pull that works on all of us in the media that drives us to make those kinds of comments. I yeah, perfect. He just yeah, he, he explained it right there. That's yeah. it. So That's we, why it'll be a close election right to the last. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be close no matter what. Oh, Obama's ahead uh, by two points. Oh, Romney's ahead somehow by two points. Send us more money. So please, well, yeah, indeed, send us more money. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Before I go to uh, the results from our slide whistle poll at the moment, we have a quick note here. Well, actually, dear John and Adam, this is from, uh, can I, I can mention her name, right? I was, uh, hope so. Blakelyn Gartman. Great name. Yeah, another great name. And she said, well, I uh, have never donated or emailed you guys before, but but my boyfriend certainly has. My name is Blakeland Gartman. My boyfriend and longtime producer of the No Agenda show is Mark Bodiford. Yes, I remember the name. We are both from Mobile, Alabama, and listen to you guys all the time. I just made my first donation of 3333 moments ago. One major reason I am contacting you guys is because Mark may very well be your biggest fan. He owns an iPhone repair service here in Mobile and works his ass off. On one of our first dates about a year ago, I saw what I now know to be his knighthood ring displayed proudly on his desk. Aww. I asked him what it was. He gave me a passionate, lengthy description of the two of you and your show. I've been hooked ever since. About six months into mine and Mark's relationship, Mark's office was broken into along with several thousands of dollars worth of parts and merchandise. His ring was stolen. Oh, noes. I was wondering how much of an issue it would be to send him a replacement or something from you guys that would mean as much uh, or more to fill the void. Also, I wanted to make sure you guys knew how vital you are to this country. Oh, it was such a relief to learn of you and your show's existence. If it weren't for brave, intelligent, and dedicated people like yourselves, we would be in even greater turmoil. Thank you guys for all your gumption, commitment, and all-round badassness. Oh, and if you do read any of this letter on the air, it'd be really great if you could send Mark a shot of karma because he's a loyal promoter of your show, and if anyone deserves a break, it's him. If you guys aren't already fed up with all my requests, I know you guys play a squirrel. It would be Mark's birthday. Thank you so much. And uh, she sent pictures. And, uh, hello! <laughs> Smoking hot! Yeah, we'll give them the karma, absolutely. You've got karma. That's how you get us to read your letter. Hey, yeah, yeah. You know, tell them nice what, picture tell showing, us where, a, yeah. showing uh, what you'd call a big an awesome fish. top. First, there's a p- picture of a big fish, and then her. Yeah, well, yeah the guy caught this huge <laughs> yeah. fish. Can we send him a replacement ring? Aren't these things good? Yeah, I think yeah, we, yeah, we, make we sure can manage we... after this request. Yeah, all right. Uh, John, quick, give us an update. What is the current tally on the uh, go-no-go for the slide whistle? What are we at right now? Uh, we have, I doubt you mention it, uh, I closed that window. You tell me. We have currently against, i.e. a niner donation, 14, 4, as in a 7 donation, 29. So we're still ahead, and we will continue to tally the votes. Slide whistle stays on the program for the moment. Dvorak.org slash NA. If you don't know how it works uh, with the 7 or 9, then... uh, uh, I am a little concerned that so many people really detest the slide whistle. Then I'm wondering if we should, you know, I, I mean, I don't, they just hate it, I guess. <laughs> it's your birthday, birthday, ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah, on no agenda. Try to call, but say 
says happy birthday to his wife. She celebrates on Saturday. Sir Boris Marinoff congratulates his wife. Robin Bonin congratulates himself, turns 33 today. And Blake Buss, father of Greg Buss, celebrates on Saturday the 12th. Happy birthday from all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. And we have a couple nightings, John. This is a very right. big day for us. If you can put away the slide whistle and grab your sword, if you don't mind. Step forward. Gregory Wilcox, come forward as well, please. Both of you have contributed to the No Agenda Show, the best podcast in the universe in the amount of $1,000 or more. That means you get to take a seat at the coveted night of the No Agenda roundtables, roundtables. So please let me pronounce thee hereby, Sir Howard and Sir Gregory, both knights of the No Agenda roundtable, hookers and blow, rent boys and chardonnay, wenches and beer, hot pants and booze for you. Thank you again for your contribution to the product. I think we've put the work in. Uh, I've I've done more work. If you're, uh, I, I think somebody, I I'm mad that now our no agenda knighthood ring is a, is a target for thievery. Of course, I think it's it interesting. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like yeah, this very that look is at very, that, Bill. That, steal it, steal it. What is it? Hey, it looks gold. It's tungsten. All right. Um. You want to, uh, What do you want to hear now? I, I looked at the IPCC report, if you're interested in that. Oh, I, yeah, I'm always game for that. Go for it. Okay, let me just open it up. It's uh, 500. I'm not going to, I mean, obviously, I'm going to make this reasonably short. Uh, but let me give you a rundown. So this is the managing the risks of extreme events and disasters to advance climate change adaptation. Right. This is the, we talked about this on the last show. They've come up with this. They're actually turning the whole climate change thing in a, or, or anything that happens into a, an argument to get money for this climate change, whatever it is they're up to, besides yes. the scam with the carbon credits. And by the way, I want to mention, I, I don't say it enough. If you're really this serious about this climate change thing, why, do, why is there cap and trade? Why isn't there just cap? Just shut your face. Shut your pie hole. Stop emitting CO2. Shut up. Just shut up. Go through life silent. That'll help. Or take a nap for humanity. Oh, we haven't done that one in a while. Nap for humanity. Yes, one of our less popular... Um... So I'm going to summarize a couple things here because the first 300 pages are all about... They have these confidence levels. High confidence, medium confidence, low confidence. So they have medium to high confidence that by the end of this century, we're going to see a real warming. So now they've... Uh, they've essentially said it's going to be in 90 years from now. So that's all over this report. It's all about the end of the century. And what is it we're going to see? It's now the, the very important what they've done here. They've changed the rules. We were not allowed to say whether it was just whether is not climate. They've changed those rules throughout this entire document. It's all about extreme weather. The whole thing. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Stop. I thought weather wasn't climate. Mm-hmm. That's changed with this report. Oh, okay. Weather so is not... Climate is gone. It's about extreme weather and the risks that extreme weather pose to us. So this climate change, what they say according to this report, is going to bring us rain and wind. So we're no longer going to fry to death. That's, that's gone. It's going to be cyclones. 
and lots of rain. I just found that very, very peculiar. So they go in this whole thing about all of these super duper risks and how, you know, everyone's going to die. And how are they going to implement this? Well, it turns going to die. Yeah, we're kind of screwed. What they've done is and I I have some uh, uh, just again, a kind of an executive uh, summary uh, you know, this started in 1992, and the uh, we have a treaty, we have a framework which I was not aware of. But this is if and it's linked in the show notes, 407.nashownotes.com. The United Nations Framework on Climate Change, better known as the UNFCC, and we were the United States was a part of this. We're party to the convention, and th- again, 1992. This is how old all of this is. So in, how are we going to shepherd all of this stuff in? I'm reading from, your, from the report now. There are two main mechanisms at the international level, which is what all this is about, Agenda 21, uh, getting you to basically give up your rights uh, to save the earth. Uh, at the international level that are purpose-built and dedicated to disaster risk management and climate change adaptation. Oh, I'm interested now. This, by the way, is on page 396. These are the United Nations International Strategy for Disaster Reduction, UNISDR, and the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, in particular in its adaptation components. The evolution of climate change adaptation has been driven primarily by the recognition of the global issues of anthropogenic, that means man-made, climate change. And they put a little high confidence behind that. But here's the one that was very interesting. Other areas include international refugee law. So they're going to use refugee law to say, look, we have to take care of people who are in a cyclone because of climate change. So we don't want that risk. So we should, you know, get rid of carbon in the atmosphere. And they go on to say it's a good one. Oh, yeah. No, it gets better. So is refugee law, which has been invoked to deal with the displacement of people that might might be in part attributed to climate change, comma, human rights law as used by citizens against states for climate change impacting the environment of human rights. Y- are you following me on that one? Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're really pulling out, pulling out all the stuff. And here's the best one. And the attempts to expand existing legal doctrines such as the emerging responsibility to protect doctrine to motivate states to act on climate change. This is very interesting because the president just set up that panel. You remember? The responsibility to protect citizens panel in other countries. I don't remember that. Yeah, it's the whole Pentagon. And it, it's, you know, it, it's there to protect. We have a responsibility to protect citizens who are being slaughtered by other dictators or by climate change. Hmm. Climate change. Yeah, yeah, it's big. Climate change adaptation could be factored into all disaster, disaster risk management and weather related disasters are becoming an essential component of the adaptation agenda. Oh, there it wow. is right there. Governments have committed to mobilize greater amounts of funding for climate change adaptation, and this may also help to support the longer-term investment necessary for disaster risk reduction. So essentially what they're saying here is, 
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't want to die, if we don't want all these disasters, then give us money. Give exactly pay for it. Uh, those are really the the highlights. I've marked up this entire document. Let me see if there's anything else. Um, yes. Uh, wait, there was some existing law that I wanted to. I wanted to highlight. Yeah, beyond a sense of common human concern, it can be argued that countries contributing most to climate change have an obligation to pay to reduce or compensate losses of others. This is the principle underlying the polluter pays principle. We've got to pay attention to that one. Oh, that's a nice one. Yeah. The principle of subsidiarity can be invoked to support a case against international intervention. Subsidiary, or what did you say? No, it says subsidiarity. Subsidiarity. Yeah. Well, this is this was set up. Let me read. Let me read this little paragraph. The principle of subsidiarity can be invoked. I gotta look that one up. You, well, let I'll me t- get subsidiarity, and I'll tell you where you can look it up can be invoked to support a case against international intervention, best known as articulated in Article 5 of the Maastricht Treaty of the European Union. It is based on the concept that centralized governing structures should only take action if deemed more effective or necessary than action at a lower level. This is where Europe gets screwed. And I didn't know because I haven't read the Maastricht Treaty, only the uh, Lisbon Treaty. The Maastricht Treaty says... If all the, the states in Europe aren't doing their job, then we, then Starfleet Command gets to take over. That's basically it. Uh, and then it goes into the international conventions. Again, it says that uh, the UNFCC, which we are a part of here in the United States, is binding and legal. Then they have, uh, here it is. Here's the article from the UNFCC, which we signed on to. Uh, it says... Uh, This is uh, article, whatever it is, to achieve stabilization of greenhouse gas concentrations in the atmosphere at a level that would prevent dangerous anthropogenic man-made interference with the climate system. Such a level should be achieved within a time frame sufficient to allow ecosystems to adapt naturally to climate change, to ensure that food production is not threatened and to enable economic development to proceed in a sustainable manner. The debate is over. We've already signed on to this. It's done. It's it's in the treaty. They're going to say it's a, a law. And there's actually a whole bunch of commitments. Uh, it, this is what we've committed to. Formulate, implement, publish, uh, regularly update national and where appropriate regional programs containing measures to mitigate climate change by addressing anthropogenic emissions, by sources and removal by sinks of all greenhouse gases. So basically, it's just telling you exactly what's happening. This is why is because we signed on to this this hacked the UNFCC, and it's just being implemented. And Al Gore, I guess, read this document, nothing better to do, and just uh, went for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big scam to get money. Uh, do I have one more here? I, this is so much. I just really don't know where to start. Oh, here it is. The emerging le- legal doctrine of responsibility to protect has also been proposed in application to natural disasters. See where this is coming from? The emergence of state practice in observing certain responsibilities before, during, and after natural disasters occur. Before a natural disaster occurs. 
in the absence of obligations to do so, supports an emerging responsibility to protect in the context of natural disaster and sources of human rights law are to be used in promoting this doctrine. So it's the UNFCC, which I'll take a look at. It's a, uh, I mean, I, I don't even have to do it. We're screwed. This, this tells you exactly how it's going to be done because of extreme weather, which climate wasn't weather all of a sudden. It is. That's now what's going to be used to sell us that climate change is taking place. Interestingly enough, well, man-made climate change, uh, anthropogenic climate change. Yes, man-made climate yeah, change. Yeah, climate change is always taking place. Interestingly enough, New York Magazine, Chemtrails. New Yorker, I should say, can geoengineering solve global warming? Is the question. And you should read this article linked in the show notes. And uh, this is the beginning of it is coming now into the. Uh, into the vocabulary, geoengineering, and I'll just pick this from the article. Geoengineering actually refers to two distinct ideas about how to cool the planet. The first, solar radiation management, focuses on reducing the impact of the sun, whether by seeding clouds, spreading giant mirrors in the desert, or injecting sulfates into the stratosphere. Most such plans seek to replicate the effects of eruptions like Volcanoes, which happen naturally. Which is, so? Why are we doing them? Because we like the, you know, this whole. You know, I don't want to interrupt you on this, but, but I do have my one my one kind of crackpot thesis, mm-hmm. which I'll bring out. Mm-hmm. I think that the that they're trying to trigger an ice age because the ice age is really the most dangerous of the two uh, possibilities, and it's cold. Yeah, and people die. <laughs> it sucks. It's really and it wipes out England. Yeah, well, there's some benefit, apparently. Yeah, there's always some benefit. The other approach is less risky and involves removing carbon directly from the atmosphere and burying it in vast ocean storage beds or deep inside the Earth. But without yeah. a significant technological advance... Well, listen. But without a significant technological advance, such projects will be expensive and may take years to have any significant effect. So what they're essentially saying is the way to go is chemtrails. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what they're saying. And I believe it's going to come out. We were saving you all along, my friends. We've been doing the chemtrails for a while. And aren't you happy you're still alive? That's what that's what's going to come out. Big mirrors in the desert, please. Oh, they could you know, big mirrors in the desert. Big, big. Yeah, can mirrors. you imagine if I find the Boeing 747 over there? Whoa! <laughs> just catch the light just right. <laughs> melts the plane in the air. So, boy, you're, to back up a little bit, back to the European thing, I do have a mini report, which I, th- I found was kind of interesting. I think this was on the BBC, on the Greece. You know, Greece has had these elections, and they can't form a majority, so they're going to have elections again probably in the next week. Yeah, and, if, if you strike out, just do it again. Shut up, slave. Vote again. You haven't well, done it. They, didn't do it right. They didn't do it. Well, they did something wrong. Whatever the case is, they can't see. They have no government. You didn't do it right. But I, somebody was, they were moaning and groaning about this. And I thought there was something interesting that came up in this. There's just an interesting, I didn't have this thought, but until I heard this. I think that the, the right thing to do, the Greek people, is not to pay the debts. The debts the, the, not to pay the debts at all. Yes, not to pay the debts at all. And this man may be taking Greece in that direction. Alexis Tsipras, anti-bailout leader of the left, 
was asked by the president to form a coalition government. He probably won't manage, but his challenge to the European Union is clear. The people have voted to tear up the bailout. Our national debt should be internationally audited. We should hold off paying it back. We demand a fair solution. It's unclear whether Brussels or Berlin is putting any direct pressure on the politicians here. Both have said that Athens has to stick to the terms of its bailout deal. And yet it's very hard to see how any government could be formed on that or indeed any other basis. There are days of uncertainty ahead. They'll do nothing to calm the nerves in the Eurozone. So two things came up in this report that caught my attention. One was, and I think we've discussed this like a year ago, one is the idea of they, they want to audit the debt. They think they've been scammed. <laughs> There's gambling going on there? They've been scammed, and they, they're finally getting a clue that they, need, they wanted audited, an international audit. They're not talking about the EU audit. They, they wanted to have somebody look at the books. Like Anderson. Because, <laughs> yeah. Arthur Anderson, bring those guys in. They're trustworthy. So uh, there was that. So I thought that was interesting when I believe they probably have been scammed in some way. The other one was this is the first time I at least the first time I've heard it. Maybe you've heard it before. But generally speaking, when you talk about the EU, you talk about Brussels. You don't talk. You don't say Brussels or Berlin. (laughs) No, no. Do you have this report somewhere where they say that? That you just listened to. I didn't hear the I missed that part. The Brussels and Berlin. It's right at the end. Well, it makes sense. So, yeah, no, they say Brussels or Berlin, and I'm thinking, oh, they're starting to shift the axis yes. to the center of the whole thing to Berlin because you just introduced it as a Brussels or Berlin. And then pretty soon, it's the, you know, the Germans have managed to uh, do what they're yeah, trying to take, do. Take over Europe. Own, take own over Europe. Europe. They just Here's a, I ha- get it out of their system. I have a follow-up clip to that uh, that comes from Euronews about this uh, Berlin uh, Brussels. Brussels has warned Athens it has no choice but to stick to tough budget discipline. Speaking for the first time since Greece's election, which saw a backlash against austerity, the EU Commission's president urged leaders there to act responsibly. The programme countries, they have no alternative, except this orderly default, that I think it's not an alternative, than to pursue courageous fiscal consolidation measures structural reforms for competitiveness, and of course, mostly also benefiting from European solidarity, some targeted investment, but investment that can bring growth. Despite the ongoing political uncertainty in Greece following Sunday's electoral result, President José Manuel Barroso insisted Brussels remains committed to the country. In other words, shut up and take your austerity, you bitches. Shut up. So the public in Greece is kind of on to what's going on. The French obviously are too because the new guy wants to kill the austerity thing and go with growth. You you know that that's, you know, that guy's got to be a shill, right? Well, he's a shill for someone. But the, (laughs) but the the public, but the public is the one voting for the shill. And the public, I think the public thinks the things that like, especially in Greece, we've got a system. It worked fine. 
we're doing our own thing. Everyone's retiring. So we live in the good life. We retire at 55 or well, whatever. Hold on a second. We know from the report that the Greeks worked more than any other, more right, hours. They, right. They were the hardest working group. We saw that. We did that on one of the shows recently. We discussed the fact that they are the number one productivity country. Well, I so don't know about does, output, but they work well, the hardest. Whatever the case is, we know that they have a sense that why is this happening to us now? Is it, you know... If you really trace it back, it goes back to 2008 with the housing crisis in the United States. But that's not really what the, the crux of it was. It was all these bundled mortgages that went into the investment community, many of them in Europe, who, who lost their asses. But then they had to make up for it in some way, shape or form by stealing money from elsewhere. The Greeks have got to feel that there's something completely wrong with what's going on. It, it's a scam of some sort because it makes zero sense for them, for their economy to have collapsed the way it did. Particularly with all of the natural resources they have right offshore, uh, other than that it's all going to be sold and we'll have oligarchs there, just like what happened in Russia. I right. do. I have a, a Nigel Farage uh, rant about ah, this. It's always nice to summarize it best. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. We can. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you live in Europe, lock the door. Well, happy Schumann Day, or Europe Day, as you now call it, although I thought the celebrations were rather muted. The only bit of real passion we have was Mr. Schultz slagging off the English, but that now appears to be the sort of popular sport in this Parliament. And when people stand up and talk about the great success that the EU has been, um, I'm not sure anybody saying it really believes it themselves anymore. I think we're celebrating the wrong day. We shouldn't be celebrating the 9th of May. We should be celebrating... Yeah, I just need to point out, the 9th of May was, was Europe Day. That was yeah, the- and before that, and I have a clip of this, but we don't need it. I don't have to play this clip. Before that, it was VE Day, yeah. which is still celebrated. VE Day was Victory in Europe Day, which is celebrated variously on the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th of May. Yeah. Uh, I think the Russians are the only country that still celebrates it. They have a big parade, and then... Putin was there with the big VE Day, Victory in Europe Day. It's I don't even think the American public is aware of VE Day because it came and went, and nobody. You see anything on the news that you know victory we beat to Hitler? Well, the, but this is but the, this is what and Nigel Farage is saying. Day, and then now it's this other bullshit. Yeah, no one cares. It's like what is this National Take It Up the Rectum Day? Bend over here comes again Day. All right, Farage is going to uh, predict the future. Put, it, put this in the red book. The 8th of May, Victory in Europe Day. See, there he is. He's your boy. We should celebrate the last time the Germans tried to smash the continent and they founded, and at least half the continent got its democracy back. What we're celebrating on the 9th of May is another attempt, through different means, to smash democracy across Europe. I don't doubt... You are spot on. I, I, I hadn't even thought, but you hear him explain it now. It's like, thanks for the context. It's uh, th- that's almost like a trick, like just so they all can laugh. Like, <laughs> yeah, so they can laugh at you because we, we you know, the one Germans day later. were defeated on the eighth. Yeah, but so they're back. They're on, back. They're, the, they're back on the ninth. Twenty-four hours, bitches, and here we are again. Not for a minute. That Jean Monnet was well intentioned at the start. He thought that if you abolish nation states, you would stop there ever being another war. He didn't at the time, of course, have the benefit of seeing that theory as it played out in Yugoslavia. But like communism, this has all gone badly wrong. And the EU Titanic has now hit the iceberg. It is a European Union of economic failure, of mass unemployment, of low growth. But worst of all, it's an EU with the economic prism of the euro. And this now poses huge dangers to the continent. 
president. We face the prospect of mass civil unrest, possibly even revolution, in some countries that are being driven into total and utter desperation. But there is perhaps an opportunity, there is perhaps some good news, that now a democratic rebellion has begun. It began in Finland last year with the true Finns getting nearly 20% of the vote. And we're seeing in country after country new political movements on the right and the left making big scores. But that may not all be good news because in Greece what we saw last Sunday was rather reminiscent of the German election of 1932. We saw the status quo centre collapse and the extremes of right and left rise. You know this project could even cause the rebirth of national socialism in Europe. We are headed the wrong way. We must break up the Eurozone. We must set those Mediterranean countries free. We must try to build a Europe. I want a Europe, but a Europe based on trade, a Europe based on cooperation, a Europe based on us sitting around the table and agreeing sensible rules on crime and the environment. We can do all of those things, but we cannot do it if we're asked to rally behind that flag. I owe no allegiance to that flag and nor to most of the people in Europe either. Burn it! Burn it, I say! Burn the flag! Burn the stars in the circle. So instead of uh, anything useful... Uh, I thought for our European friends who have not seen it, uh, again, uh, in, under clips and stuff in the show notes, marked up for your uh, convenience. Uh, have you heard about this? This is about the Internet. I just had a bald eagle fly past the window. Shoot it! <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. You don't see him down here that much. Anyway, go on. We got a uh, communication from the commission. To the European Parliament, the Council, the European Economic and Social Committee, and the Committee of the Regions. From Brussels. Now, this is only the draft, but it is the, quote, European strategy for a better internet for children. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw this. All right. So I'll just give you a few highlights. Yeah. <laughs> this, there's so much blatant bullcrap in this. First line. Although the Internet was not created with children in mind, <laughs> what is that? What does that I even don't know. mean? Most things aren't created with children in mind except children's books. Yeah, but that's how they started off. Children have specific needs and vulnerabilities, and their differences have to be recognized. The Internet and ICT provide the children with a wide range of opportunities to play, learn, innovate, and be creative to communicate and express themselves, to collaborate and engage in society, to be more aware of the world around them, and to develop essential skills and exercise their rights. But children also need to be protected. <laughs> Where's the clip? Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? I got your clip right here. Don't you worry about it. Uh, the commission report on how existing child safety recommendations are being implemented in the member states shows that broadly they are making increasing efforts to respond to digital challenges, but the measures taken are insufficient. So then they list what the UK is doing. We know the UK is doing the, the blocking. Uh, but there's been a failure of the market to deliver protection measures and quality content across Europe. Um, and, and interesting note here. Children have yet to be identified as a target audience worth investing in. Hello? What? What planet are you on? <laughs> wow, they got from Neptune. <laughs> I mean, that's like the number one market. Are you kidding me? 
In 2010, four in 10 children in Europe reported they encountered one of the following risks. Risks, John, these are risks. Count them with me. Communicating online with someone they had never met face-to-face. Ooh, that is a risk. That is a big risk. Being exposed to user-generated content promoting anorexia, self-harm, drug-taking, or suicide. Being exposed to sexual images online and misuse of personal data. Here's a big risk. Going to meetings offline with people they first met online. Oh, what a risk. And being cyberbullied. Oh, yes. Uh, of course, there's also sexting and sending, receiving sexual images or messages from peers to peer. Ooh, this is bad. Kids, you better get ready because it's going to be over. Research shows there is a serious digital skills deficit amongst Europe's children. Ah. Despite the popular view, they are digital natives. So you're dumb. Just so you know, you're dumb, but don't worry. a bunch of dumb kids. The government don't even know how to download right. (laughs) The government is going to help you with the, here, the commission will fund actions. Here it is. EU policies so far have not sufficiently recognized that children constitute a specific target audience for the Internet, requiring a new ecosystem to support its needs. Ooh, a safe Internet. Europe needs a strategy that will prevent market fragmentation and create a safer, enriching environment for all EU children online. The Commission will fund actions under the strategy. John, here's where the Curry Dvorak Consulting Group can make some money. Through the Safer Internet Program and the Connecting Europe Facility and Horizon 2020 from 2014. These are big, big, this is going to be fun. Young children need, uh, need online playgrounds where they can both play and learn. Teenagers could benefit from creative and educational games to stimulate their imagination and support their positive use of the Internet. To facilitate this, it is necessary to stimulate the creation of content that will both support children's development and a European digital single market. This is where we can make a lot of money because the commission says it will pay for interoperable platforms for tools, ensuring access to age-appropriate content such as whitelists or child-friendly browsers while considering the issue of continuous quality control, i.e. censorship. They will be paying for the best children online content competition. John, we can make a freaking, we can clean up in this thing, man. We can clean up. We need to do this. Anyway, so what they're going to uh, create here, and this is the platform that they're talking about, is uh, an age verification system. In other words, when you want to log on to the Internet, and of course everyone has to have the age verification system, which will be done through the EID, the European ID. This is already happening in Spain. If you want to interact with your government online, you have a little card reader. You put your European Gestapo pass into the card reader. It then identifies you as you because you got your card. So apparently it's you. And then you can communicate safely and comfortably with your uh, national government. This will be your European ID to get online at all. You will have to authenticate yourself and say, hi, I'm Adam Curry. I live in Amsterdam. I want to get on the Internet. You will not be able to do it without identifying yourself first. 
But of course, this will be done to empower children to deal with the risks such as cyberbullying or grooming. Grooming. Yeah, grooming. Grooming. That's what we're. That's what this other thing they were talking about. That's funny you mentioned that because that's what that BBC report was about. Those Arabs were. They kept saying, even though they didn't play the whole report, the ones that hoard out these hookers. Yeah, they were grooming Grooms. them, grooming, grooming, yeah. grooming. We're grooming, just like the word "gay" used to mean something else. It meant like brushing your hair. Yeah, making now it means clothes. setting you up to be a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we operate here, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, are you skyping me? No. Oh, sorry. Somebody else is. No, I was Skype giving you a message. Uh, oh, Skype. With anyway, a spam. so what the commission is saying is if industry does not get going with content, then they're going to make rules. Yeah, they're going to do it anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway. It's just a, it's a bluff. They're going to do it anyway. Yeah, of course they do. So the commission is going to put a new uh, protection regulation, takes specific account of children's privacy, introduces the right to be forgotten, which is bull crap, because the government will know it was you. They intend to propose in 2012 a pan-European framework for electronic authentication that will enable the use of personal attributes, age in particular, to ensure compliance with the age provisions. This is tricky. I like it. This is their f- getting censorship through the mechanism of think of the children. <laughs> exactly. Great. It's genius. It's, they're very course, smart. It's not unexpected. I'm surprised they don't bring child porn into the picture. Oh, do you really want me to read on or? <laughs> no, I think we're done. Your porn, your porn will be your porn will be of the highest quality. Uh, otherwise, you'll get kicked off. So yeah, this is a done deal, and it's not just you know it's every it's Europe. It is Europe wide done deal, done deal. Forget yeah, about that it. That comes here next. Oh, of course we're going to have it here next. And now, uh, just to wrap up my European segment because I'm getting tired of it, I have some Haiku Herman drops. Oh, cool! It's always cool when Haiku Herman uh, oh, talks. He's the best. He did a little. Uh, he did a little conference. Ask me, the Ask Me conference. It went on for hours. I got like two minutes uh, into chunks. So the way it worked, you could tweet a question, you could send in a webcam video question, or they had some shills there in the audience, and none of that was interesting, of course. Uh, here's the first question to Haiku Herman. Uh, I don't have the question. I'll give you the his answer will come. The question is. Will the EU become just like the United States of America? Um, Now, we know part of his answer already, but the rest of it was rather interesting. No, I don't think so. Uh, The European Union will never become the United States of Europe. Uh, We we are 27 or 28 with Croatia. Each of us has his own history, some uh, history of 200 years as Belgium, some history of 1,000 years. Uh, so we are not uh, as an American state. We have our own language. We have 23 languages in Europe. We got 23 languages here too, douchebag. At least. Yeah. Uh, by the way, for those of you who don't know, uh, uh, Hermann von Rompuy is the unelected president of the United States of Europe. So we have a special identity in each of our member states and a, a very specific situation due to our history. But what we have to do is to create every time we can, and the crisis period is a very fruitful period for this, unfortunately, we have to create more Europe. Now, did you hear what he just said? Every cha- the- he said every chance we get, essentially, and a crisis is a very fruitful period for that, unfortunately, we have to create more Europe. Yeah, this is the German thinking. He's, but he's basically saying... Yeah, we're going to take over the place. and we're, oh, we, we're Now that we've taken over this much, let's take over Poland and let's take over 
Czechoslovakia, Hungary, Romania is on the line. Let's go into Macedonia. Let's get them on on board. And then we, you know, we, Turkey's got to be brought up. You know, you talk about uh, online porn and Bobby Eden shows up in the chat room. It's like she can smell it. I'm telling you. All right. So, so he said a crisis is good for that. A crisis is good. For this, unfortunately, we have to create more Europe, more European integration. In the right, want that. It's, it's the, 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 the vote for the extreme right is often a vote against Europe. Yeah, it, but that's not a majority. That's not a majority in, in, in no country at all that is a majority for the thesis of the position of the far right. Shut up. There's, no one's against us. There is still in most of our countries a broad majority, a broad majority pro-Europe. Pro <laughs> and we, even in even France, they the, voted down the Lisbon Treaty. He did, but his job is to sit there and lie. There is not a, 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 a real majority political people, uh, governments, uh, prime ministers have to take their responsibilities. So even if you're not in the majority, you've got to do it anyway. That's literally what he's saying. Even if you don't have a majority of what the people want, your politicians have to be brave and do it anyway. To show courage. Courage. And to tell their people there is no future without Europe. Shut up, slave. There is no future without Europe. The Germans have turned into the Borg. Here's the next question. Resistance is futile. Yes. Here's the next question, which, sounds, which comes from an American, and I love the way he starts his question off. Hi, Herman. <laughs> Hi, Herman boy. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if, if, if the, our president had, hey, Barack, hey, Barry, let ask you a question. Hey, Herman. Hi, Herman. When it comes to establishing your worldview, what newspapers and magazines do you read to stay informed to understand the world? Now, how do you think he answers this question? Ooh, this is a good one. Any specifically? I'm curious. Thanks. Sounds like he's wanting an endorsement for particular newspapers, but what kind of newspapers do you read? It's impossible uh, to read I try to read those when I understand. Uh, so I understand <laughs> how many languages Dutch, do you actually speak? Dutch, uh, French, I understand German, and English. Unfortunately, not Hungarian. Uh, not uh, not Italian or Spanish or Portuguese. Yeah, he's not going to answer. You have resumes, but I, I, I I'm reading surveys, uh, summaries, uh, <laughs> and so on. I, I I'm well informed. I'm well informed. I'm well. But I'm reading those magazines and those newspapers. I yeah. understand. Uh, 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 That's the answer Sarah Palin should have given when she exactly, was doing that interview. Exactly. 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 I read English. Now, here's something that was very interesting, and uh, just because there was, he lost 20 billion euros in the span of three weeks. Did you know that? He lost what? Well, I'll tell so you. So, the ultimate goal of our policy stabilizing the Eurozone is growth and jobs. We are not stabilizing the, the Eurozone. We are not taking all those measures, difficult, unpopular measures, simply for the pleasure of taking them. This has a goal, and that is growth and employment. That's my first answer. My second is that we are working in the, in the longer term and we have to strengthen uh, the supply side of our economy. Innovation, education, training, research and development. Here it comes. That's the highest priority, even in the midst of operations of fiscal consolidation. And then we are considering now, together with the European Commission, also how to promote investment increasing the capital of the European Investment Bank. With 10 billion of increase of capital, you can create 160 billion of new investments. Now, you remember that? Remember, like, on episode 403, he did this trick? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I vaguely remember it. It was was screwy. The The math math is, is wrong. The math is different now. So he says with 10 billion... 
you can create 160 billion. Just three weeks ago. Today, without new capital, the bank would soon be forced to scale down the actions. Certainly, new capital means calling upon European governments and taxpayers. Yet there is a convincing case to be made. Shouldn't we therefore examine how the EIB can expand the role there where it is most needed? I think we should. With 10 billion increase in the capital, we could expand the bank's overall lending capacity to 60 billion of new loans in the next three years to support new investments up to 180 billion euros. So I guess uh, one of those newspapers told him his math was off. Yeah, one of those newspapers in one language that he speaks. He went from reads. 180 billion to 160 billion, or yeah, he lost 20 billion. Or is that because the capitalization of the banks has changed? I wonder. No, it's just bull, it's because he's just throwing bullcrap numbers out. He doesn't even know what he's saying. Okay, well, someone should ask him that. Yeah, well, uh, I was hoping <laughs> that was going to be more entertaining. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because the guys, you know, I'm surprised. I would like to hear a poem or something. Uh, well, I feel really bad now. Yeah, you should. Because well, you didn't get a poem. I mean, the guy speaks, he is a poet, and you don't take advantage of his poetry skills. The, uh, he's not some poet. of his great poems. He's not poetizing. He doesn't do that anymore. He, he doesn't poet. Doesn't poetize. I can, maybe I can, maybe I can, uh, make you happy yeah, we'll, with. We'll dig some up and read them. Have somebody read it, do a dramatic reading. Maybe I can make you happy with this. You've got something going on, and you need a distraction Have you heard about the new movie? Oh, okay. What is it? Argo, starring Ben Affleck, Brian Cranston, and John Goodman, produced by... Clooney. George Clooney, based on a true story. Actions of Iran have shocked the civilized uh. world. has been seized and more than 60 American citizens continue to be held as hostages. If we're going to go, then we need to go now. What happened? The six of the hostages went out a back exit. Where are they? The Canadian ambassador's house. We've got revolutionary guards going door to door. These people die. They die badly. White House? Who wants the six of them out? What we like for this are bicycles. Deliver the six bikes, provide them with maps. Or you could just send in training wheels and meet them at the border with Gatorade. It's going to take a miracle to get them out. Here's the miracle. Funny man. What are we watching? I got an idea. They're a Canadian film crew for a science fiction movie. I fly into Tehran. We all fly out together as a film crew. So this is like a new Wag the Dog, where they decide to go and get Iranian hostages... I guess American hostages in Iran, and they make a movie. They pretend that they're making a movie uh, about the hostages, and they completely uh, prop it up. The you know the movie gets big press. Everyone's talking about the movie, and it's to to get the hostages out. And they say it's based on a true story, which I, I don't remember that being the story. Certainly not with bicycles. Well, this is interesting. This should be fun to, to get dissect. Once it's out, yeah. I think it comes what out are they trying to do is the question on my mind. I mean, what is the message? <coughs> the message, well, I think... 
I believe it's a message saying all of this is bull crap and PR. Yeah, no, we know that. Yeah. You know, there's a, uh, they had that, you talked about that wedding on the last show, the wedding between the the girl hiker and the other. Yeah, the spies. Hiker, and then, of course, the uh, the best man was the other hiker. <laughs> of course. And you know who was the, the guest was at the event? Uh, Bill Clinton. And the ambassador of from Switzerland to Iran, who apparently is the front man for the American interests in Iran. Oh, I love it. This whole thing is stinks. Do you have any uh, anything uplifting to leave on? Yeah, I got a kind of a funny bit. I got a uh, our buddy, our new pal in North Korea. Mm-hmm. Who I don't know if he's a wine connoisseur, but he's now. Oh, uh, I, I believe, and I can. I'm going to predict this. Put it in the red book. North Korea, within the next couple of years, is going to be open for business as a tourist attraction. And I think that what we witnessed with this story, which came out of the BBC, was actually a prelude, even though they never mentioned it once. But the only reason for this story to exist is because the new guy is going to open up North Korea and things are going to change. In an apparent move to present another side of North Korea's new leader, the country's media has shown Kim Jong-un scolding staff at an amusement park for neglecting their duties and failing to serve the people. Korean Central Television and other media say the incident occurred while Kim was touring the Manyonde Fun Fair in Pyongyang. Kim reportedly grew exasperated over the park's rundown appearance with grass growing from cracks in the pavement, paint peeling off the facilities and other signs of neglect. Kim said such shoddy conditions at the popular amusement site were installed insulting to the people. The young leader then ordered soldiers to be mobilized to clean up the park. North Korean media often cover official tours of military units, factories and industrial sites. But it's rare for them to report on the leader's anger or his scolding of officials. Observers say the news is part of a strategy to project Kim as a benevolent ruler who cares for the people. Oh, DLNK. DLNK? Disneyland North Korea. Yeah, yeah, probably. (laughs) Exactly. Pick that that gum up. No gum (laughs) in this park. (laughs) You, You know, Disneyland, they don't sell gum. You know no, that. of course not. They don't yeah. want gum all over the place. Yeah. We'll have none of that here. Oh, that's pretty uplifting. Yeah, I think we're going to do something to look forward to. I want to go to North Korea. Yeah, uh, right behind you. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so on uh, Sunday's show, I will bring you the latest from Dr. Deep Throat. Oh, the cool. H- yeah, I've, I've received the HPV script. On selling- oh, you did? Good, good. Yeah, yeah. I'm selling the... Uh, the bogus, uh, and, and by, it keeps streaming in, by the way, people who have gone through the exact same procedure of uh, pap, yeah, pap, pap smear. Bull crap, yeah, yeah, the scripted bull crap. Um, and uh, just the highlight of that is that, um, let me see, what is the, here it is. Uh, this is from the medical text. Uh, bottom line, low-grade HPV resolves 60% of the time on its own, without a shot, and only progresses to invasive cancer 1% of the time. That's what all this hoopla is about. But of course, uh, cancer is now a virus, apparently, so that's where we're at. Mm. You got anything else? 
No, we have I have a gratuitous libertarian rant that we can play at the end of the show. Oh, it's always it's just, fun. Uh, who is the shit's a short one minute thing. It's some the, one of the guys that was at the convention who uh, just had this. I thought it was kind of a cute little commentary, and uh, that's about it. I think we gotta we gotta make sure to get people to get on board with the seven nine thing and uh, to vote. Continue to vote for the slide whistle. Yes, and on Sunday we'll add up another batch of votes. And a reminder that the uh, Jack Blood Show is now on. For He's in Austin, by the way. Jack is. Uh, he's live on No Agenda Stream, 10 a.m. Eastern through noon. Uh, of course, uh, 11.45 Eastern on Thursdays, because, you know, I want that extra 15 minutes in case I need to come in and play some slide whistle. Yeah, you know, we do have our standards here. Uh, so make sure uh, you check out Jack Blood. And, uh... Oh, I'm tired. It was a lot. That, How's your uh, mold? How's your mold allergy? Well, it's been raining here. We've had nothing but super rain, so I'm good. Oh, that but, washed it out of the air. Yeah, but Ms. Mickey has set up uh, an appointment for me to get needles or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'll get you an appointment. What you should do is get a Honeywell, a, a, one of those uh, HEPA filters and put it in the house. I'll get a HEPA filter. I'll get one of those. Coming to you from the capital of the Drone Star State... That is Austin Tejas. I am your LGBTQC, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgressor, questioning, conflicted. Adam Curry in the morning, everybody. And standing in for Joe Biden here from Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back on Sunday right here on No Agenda. The most positive image of Americans is our personal generosity after natural disasters in other parts of the world. We oppose humanitarian intervention by governments whose decisions are influenced by what President Eisenhower called a military-industrial complex that profits from finding crises and whose arrogance causes them to fancy themselves experts about another country and culture simply because they viewed a YouTube video. Of all humanitarians, the U.S. government is the one whose past record of horrible unintended consequences and distorted intelligence has most earned it a timeout in its own corner of the world. It's time for some humanitarian non-intervention. Bring all of our troops home from around the world to their families, treat their wounds, and stop creating new ones. Dvorak.org slash N-A